well, should we uh, kick this thing off or what? We ready? All right, buddy. Whenever you're ready, man. Yeah. I'm giving you, I'm giving you a lot of dead air to edit. Just go if you need. No, I was like, I was giving myself a count of ten, and I'm like, Matt's not gonna know what the heck I'm doing, and he's just gonna think that I froze. So I'm just then I, here smiling, like, what's going so on? I started laughing because it's like, oh man, he thinks this is gonna be, this is gonna confuse everybody, and it just, it was a, it was a mess. All right, let's try this for real. Okay, sounds it's not good. like we can't precision edit or anything like that, right? I'll probably keep it in, to be honest. I think that was fun. <laughs> it's all for the laughs, man. It's all for the comedy. All for the laughs. All right, happy Monday, everybody. Uh, welcome to A Feast of Films. I am Ethan R. Hill, and with me is... Matt Black. What's going on, fellow movie fans? Matt movie fans? Is that, that the name of our followers now, is my fellow movie fans? <laughs> That's right. The beer is already kicking oh, in. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside. Got to crack a beer. It is rainy and here, actually. it seems to be kicking in a little bit early. Is it actually nice for you? Oh, man, it is sunny beautiful and very hot man no this is cold beer is perfect it is cloudy and rainy for us so i guess that's just i mean i don't mind it i suggest hot chocolate maybe (laughs) maybe later actually that's not a bad idea i like that idea i love hot chocolate rainy days snowy days it don't matter i love them i'm definitely more of a tea guy myself i'll get like like my granny and stuff like that she used to get us uh just regular orange pico tea, some honey and milk in there, and it's just great. And that's my usual that's tops. usual go-to. Yeah, that stops. Although, I can't remember if it was hot chocolate or tea. Um, I learned a valuable lesson with her because she gave me this cup, and it was filled, like, right to the top. And she's like, okay, take this, be careful, and don't run. And now I'm a child. And what do I do? <laughs> I don't listen. <laughs> And I run. I'm a child. <laughs> so I run with this. I'm like, okay. And I just go and I spill this entire mug all over me <laughs> and start crying and screaming. And I'm in pain because I'm burning myself. This is fresh off, like out of the pot and everything like that. And so what is my granny's reaction to do? It's to laugh at me and lecture me about listening to her as she's like wiping me down that... and like trying to be like, she has like a cold cloth. She's like, it's okay. But like, you should have listened. You're being dumb. You're like, yeah, dummy. <laughs> and don't run with it. And you're like, but I'm a child, so run. <laughs> I know better than... Ah! No! No, that's, that's, that's exactly like, what happened. you dumbass. <laughs> Look, there is a lot of things... You are some kind of special, aren't you? No, there's a lot of things where like my family would be like, hey, don't do this. Like, There's another time they're like, don't play by the stairs. And I fell down the stairs. <laughs> They told me not to take a bike biking because it didn't have back brakes on it. And I broke my arm. Like, there's just been, like, a list of things throughout my life where it's like, hey, Ethan, don't do this thing. And I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. And then I get hurt. I get I get injured. Have you ever have you ever thought maybe it's not you? Maybe your family just happens to be, like, jinxing you? Because it's, it's that old saying where it's like, everyone's having fun till somebody hurts and gets an eye poked out or somebody gets hurt. Somebody loses so an eye, gun. yeah fun and gun it's all fun and games till somebody gets hurt right like they always said that we'd be like it is fun and then 10 seconds after they say it someone gets hurt and you're like you guys jinxed it man that wasn't even us we would have been fine 
but you just had to say something. You had something. to say something. So maybe you that's bring the it issue. Up. That's, maybe, that's my excuse that's from now on. From, from now on, I'm going to tell my parents. It's like, it wouldn't have happened if you guys wouldn't have said anything. That's going to go over exactly. great. I, I bet you that's going to just, that, that'll work. They'll say, you know what? You're right. I can see your parents being very acceptable of <laughs> Ex- that theory. <laughs> Ex- yeah, they, we never, never disagree about anything at all. What are you talking about? It's perfect family oh, life. Never. That's what oh. families are, right? Um, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, fellow movie fans, we got uh, some good stuff for you other than this, though, I think. Hey, look. This maybe, is good, too, though, I think. Eh? It Maybe it all influenced me on becoming a movie maker. Maybe that's all the head trauma I've received over the years convinced me that I could be an artist. And that's why. Getting getting hit in the head one it's too probably many the times. Burns. Exactly. It's probably hey. the burns. Like, you saw Freddy Krueger, and you're like, I relate to this character. <laughs> that's that's what I look like, right? <laughs> I guess this is my new normal. Hunting down children in their sleep. Oh, well. <laughs> Would child Freddy Krueger oh. hunt down other children if he was a child? Like, that's that's a whole... That's, yes, he a, probably would. There's he's, a lot of layers. He's a sick puppy, man. He's a sick puppy. There's a lot of layers to that conversation. <laughs> that's for another video. <laughs> a, we'll, we'll do horror around Halloween. We'll Welcome to that. a feast of films. That's I, for another video. I, What's it, that's that's our tagline. That's that's we gotta really. That is our tagline. Yeah, we that's really for another episode. We're gonna set up a bunch of episodes and then like never pay them off. We're just gonna make people wait and go like, but I want to hear about this thing they set up in episode four. Oh well, <laughs> we don't remember. Do you guys think we listen to our own show? We're we're smart enough not to. <laughs> I listen, but only for critical purposes. <laughs> oh my god, I suck. <laughs> I just let I let people other people listen to it and then tell me what they think and then i just sit there and either listen to them or not depending on what they tell me that's very wise yes exactly because like wise. you know if they if they tell me they hate it why would i listen to them but if they tell me they love it i'm gonna exclusively listen to them <laughs> i do not doubt that theory that seems solid that seems solid as hell man hey it, it helps with my self-esteem i think i hope Oh, anyway, so uh, so I think we've both yeah, been let's, drinking uh, start a little off too the much show, this actually. Let's actually get to the show, maybe. Let's do it. Uh, I'm ready. Matt, you have the surprise question of the day. That's right. Surprise question of the day. This one's a doozy, man. I messaged you last night, and I said, this one's going to be a banger. Because I, I, it just like, I, had, I was like kind of figuring, trying to decide, decide like two other questions. I'm like, oh, which one should I use? And, uh... Then this one popped up, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, no! This is this is it. This is it." So let me let me just set up the question right. here real quick. One of the best parts about movies uh, that I think we can both agree with is very often we find ourselves relating to the characters. That's what really draws us in, right? Whether they're over a TV series or in an actual movie, two-hour film itself. We find ourselves relating somewhat to a character. We see a little bit of ourselves in certain characters, and those are probably the ones we like the most because we're like, hey, I see a little bit of myself in that character. And that's always a really fun and exciting experience to be able to have that. So here's my question to you. What character do you most see yourself in? And this is a two-parter. So what character do you most see yourself in? Number one, when you were a child, so when you rewind yourself back to little tea spilling Ethan, okay, what character did you most yeah. see yourself in? And then the second part is now. So which character is a child? 
which character is now and it can be tv or film do you want want my answer right away because like so here's here's the funny thing about this question matt here's the funny thing about it uh this question was actually asked as part of my uh entrance into college like my college oh really so you already have an answer yeah no i've i've had an answer for years and well, uh, damn it well well maybe i should be a college interviewer then is that what you're saying i mean yeah i feel if, like that's if you what you're want saying. to i mean it's it's i don't know how much money there is but yeah 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 okay never mind then so i'm pre- i'm prepared for your surprise question and this doesn't really happen that often <laughs> oh well you know what it's a banger i like it uh kid and adult so don't forget that one no i, I yeah, love the go question ahead. And i then, think it's and then why i think and i why? think this is a great question and I love answering this question, and there's also a chance that, like, in our conversation, it might change a bit too. Because, like, again, I can give you the answers from from the interview for sure. Because the first, so the first one, and it's gonna sound like a bummer. It's gonna sound like such a massive bummer and just like such a low opinion, I guess. But uh, the, as a child, <laughs> as a child, the one I always related to the most was actually Charlie Brown. Oh, like always, like it was just like there was even like a time in interesting. Um, you know, like how he a good example is like the Valentine's Day special or something like that he didn't get any valentines and that actually would happen to me in elementary school oh it's like so everyone else would get one sad reason oh yeah like there was there was actually one time in grade <laughs> eight where they switched up valentine's day for candy grams and yeah everybody in the class got a candy gram from a different person and then there's me that i got one with a little smiley face and that was from the teachers because they saw that i didn't get one <laughs> so wow. Uh, That's a thing that uh, happened to me. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I knew this was getting introspective. I didn't realize we're digging so deep into, like, it's not your, that. Uh, it's pretty childhood surface psyche. level. <laughs> okay. But, like, a lot of things that happened, it would feel like the football was getting pulled out from under me and stuff like that. And there were just a lot of, like, parallels with just the way that he would feel. Or, like, there'd be, you know, any time that something happened, it was always his fault. And there was even times... I think even in high school, there's a few times where, like, something would happen that I had nothing to do with, and everyone's like, Ethan, why would you do this? And it's like, what do you mean? I didn't do it. <laughs> I wasn't even there. That I am 100% sure that's happened at least probably 10 different times where they're like, nope, it's Ethan's fault. And it's like, what? what? I wasn't. Okay, fine. <laughs> so for and then very... you're like, okay, I get it. I guess so. <laughs> so for a very long time, like, yeah, like, Charlie Brown was the one identified with for negative reasons but then as i've gotten older and i can still sit there and say you know what yeah i can identify with charlie brown because you know what there's all that negative stuff there but he always pushed through and was always still he always still attempted to be a decent person and a good person throughout and he still tried his best he never gave up and he never blamed anybody else and he never really let anybody keep him down even though like you know he struggled with that kite um, could never kick that football, that kind of stuff. Like he still tried every single time he tried just in case something would change. And like, there's a positive message to take from that and a positive mentality to take from that rather than just focusing on the, uh, no one likes me and sit on that. Right. So it's kind of, well, it's a, it was, it sounds a lot sadder to identify with him than it actually is. I think, I think there's a lot more positivity to identify with him you identify with the strength of him right well the strength of his character and how he endures through these things instead of getting mad or angry at others he just you know he accepts it and then he just moves on to the next thing especially as a child trying his best 
Yeah. Like he's a child and he does yeah. this. And that's kind of like, I know he's a fictional character, but again, like it's, he's always on to the next adventure and he's always on to the next thing. And he's always there for his friends. He's always trying to make things right with them. And he does his best. And sometimes you can do your best and still fail. There's actually a yeah. quote from Star Trek where it's, I can never get it right, but essentially it's along the lines of, uh, Captain Picard said it where, uh, you can still do everything right and lose. That's, you know, it's not about what life's fair or anything like that. That's just how life is sometimes. It, that's very much paraphrased. I'm not quoting it one for one because I'll never claim to quote one from one for that. But 100%, you can do everything right and still lose. That's just part of it. And it's how you deal. That's life, man. It's how you deal with those losses and it's how you handle them, right? And it's Charlie Brown, I think, is a good like a good example of that. And that's where as much as like I used to laugh and be like, ha it's kind of sad that I identify with this character. Now it's more like, you know what? Yeah, like I do, but like for very positive reasons that is uh that is very introspective it's uh that was deep man that was a deep cut it's uh it's uh it's i don't know what the power of it's what the power of peanuts are you know they're they're it's a good there's a reason that they've stood the test of time you know now for my adult one i'm gonna say batman because he's handsome strong um basically invincible and can do anything and uh that's <laughs> pretty much me i think in a nutshell <laughs> is uh I mean, arguably, I'm handsomer than Batman, and stronger, and more invincible. <laughs> and I'm not laughing out of sarcasm. I'm laughing because I 100% believe that's true. Yeah, it's 100% totally. true. Like, well, I mean, like, see, Batman. Yeah. Batman's been shot. The truth of it is staggering, actually. <clears throat> Batman's been shot. I've never been shot. I must be stronger, more invincible, right? Like, it's <laughs> sound logic, right? That's a good theory. <laughs> My real answer is is a superhero, and it's it's Spider Man. Like that's I relate to Peter Parker a lot, but the I feel like that's almost a cop out answer because he's meant like Spider Man. It's as a character, or Peter Parker as a separate character. We're always written to be the most relatable characters to people in general. They have struggles that are real world struggles. They you know struggle getting the girl. They struggle with holding down a job, family problems, all that kind of stuff. He's a very relatable character. And that's probably why I love him so much is just, like, you can see yourself as that character. So, like, for me, even at a young age to now, like, there's always been some kind of relatability to Spider-Man. And that's why that's why I love mm -hmm. Spider-Verse so much is because it had such a strong message of anybody can be Spider-Man. And that's true. That's always been the case since I was a kid. Like, there, if any of my friends came up and said, I'm Spider-Man, I'd never be like, no, you can't be because you don't look like Peter Parker. I'd be like, no, yeah, you Spider-Man, right. yeah, like it's at the core, at the heart of what Spider-Man and Peter Parker is. And it's also that idea of, again, always doing what's right and kind of trying to help out as many people as you can for non-selfish reasons. And the one thing Spider-Man does that I try to live by, too, is like he doesn't expect anything for what he does. It's even goes back to the lyrics of uh, the 60s theme where it basically says action is his reward. And it's, right. it's the idea yeah. of like, you know what? Yeah, he doesn't do it for monetary gain. He doesn't do it for himself. He does it because it's the right thing to do. It's what with great power comes great responsibility. And even then, that's it kind of bugs me with the new Spider-Man movies that that's not a topic that they're tackling. Because like I get I get it's been done to death in other movies, but it's such a core part of his character that to me to ignore that, it's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. But there's a, there's so much I could pull from Spider-Man for different reasons. And that's I, that's why. Those are my two answers, and that's 
Told you, I've, I've been prepped for this without knowing what the question was. I've just been sitting on these. Clearly, man. Like, <laughs> clearly, those are much deeper and more introspective than I definitely thought they were going to be. I honestly feel like really, like, not bad. But I'm like, man, my answers are nowhere near as good as those. And I knew this question was coming. Is it Leonidas? Do you feel night. like Leonidas because you have rippling abs no. and you're kick people off of cliffs and stuff. it's the rippling abs it's the beard yep that really does it yeah i mean Certainly i can i could also no, say i feel like <laughs> i i could also say i feel like mickey mouse because he's so happy-go-lucky and always tries his best um i could say True, that yeah. uh, i feel like quasimodo because well look at my face and my back i mean <laughs> <laughs> i like how you went from batman to quasimodo <laughs> like polar opposite how i how i feel about how i look is on a spectrum there's a there's a wide (laughs) array of how i feel and it depends on the day it changes from second to second it it depends on the angle too like there are certain angles like we'll be editing our films and stuff like that and i'll see a profile i'm like uh where's my chin where's my neck what don't i have a jawline what's going on but then i see myself from like a three-quarter angle i'm like yeah that that guy he's good looking I'd make out with him. That's money right there. I'd make out with me. That's money right there. And it's there. like, yeah. <laughs> but then, then I see myself from a different angle. And it's like, huh, no, go away. Get out of here. Where's my beating stick? <laughs> Especially like when you wake up in the morning and you turn the light on for the first time in front of a mirror. It's like, ah, Jesus. No, that's always scary mirror, for me. My hair is ridiculous. If you had to choose between um, people seeing you, how you see yourself in a mirror, or how you see yourself in pictures, what would you pick? Definitely the mirror. Right? Same here. I hope. I hope. I'm like that the mirror definitely looks me. better, man. Pictures yeah. add like thirty pounds. Easy. <laughs> a lot of that's based on lenses. Depends on what lens they use because they can actually change oh, your yeah. face shape. There's like some really cool videos. You can just Google that, and it'll actually show like the transition of like what your face will look like with different lenses. And it's bonkers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really bonkers. Hmm. And then, uh, but again, it also depends on what angle you're sh- shooting at, how you're sitting or standing too. Because if I'm, yeah, if I'm slouched over, sitting in a huddled mass, I'm gonna look not quite as good as if I'm standing up straight and like holding in my gut and everything like that, right? Like it's, yeah. Perspective is a is a painful tool, but it's great. Powerful. Too. It's powerful. I mean, I like. That's for sure. I think pain is power, isn't it? <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I just work here. Something like that. So enough about me, Matt. How about you? What do you? <laughs> what do you uh, relate to? Man. Come on. So okay. Uh, okay. 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 I'm excited. I'll give, to I'll give hear. my answers. So, so for both my kid and adult ones, like I, I thought hard about it, and I'm like, oh, I got two characters for each, so That's I'm just cool. gonna roll with that because that'll fill in the space of my least introspective lesser than your answer but this will fill in a little bit of space so when i was a kid one of the characters uh one of them out of the two that i relate to probably the most and for like a long time like a long time even up till like i had my own kids was like simba i always loved like simba from the lion king and (laughs) like i was like i relate to a lion hell yeah um that's that's why the but just like his care just his character right well okay i'll talk about that next character here (laughs) it's kind of funny it's funny that you brought that up but no and and i don't really exactly know what it was about simba that made me relate to him maybe it was just like how when he was younger he was so carefree like he loved to take risks like he just he was so excited what the future held 
in front of him, right? Like that opportunity to be king. And he didn't really see the responsibilities of it, but he just was loving life. Like he lived life to the fullest. Like when he was little Simba. Little Simba, I'm talking Honestly, about. though, but honestly, knowing you as, like, I honestly, I didn't know you when you were little. I knew you yeah. 17, 16 or 17 is when we met. And honestly, I just, hearing you say that, though, I have a vivid audio memory of you singing Can't Wait to Be King. Like, and it's your voice. Like, I have this auditory cue in the back of my brain, and that just makes, it makes sense. That 100% <laughs> makes sense for you to identify Did I sing that around you at some point? I don't know if you did, but I can hear you. I can hear you singing it. So maybe you did, but And you're like, you that didn't. makes sense. So It, it does, man. Like, it's, because that's, but even now, that's how you are. You're still, like, yeah. you, like. Well, I try to be. Now I'm more, like, old man. You Maybe scar? No, I'm not as bad as scar. <laughs> <laughs> I killed the king. <laughs> you you say that you are. You say that you're. Uh, you're like well, that. But in my in soul, honesty, in your deep down, you know you're the same people, you're, right? You just kind of got to dig and reconnect with that. Here's the thing: if you if you weren't, you wouldn't. We wouldn't be doing this. If you weren't still like, hey, what else can I do? What's my future hold? We wouldn't be. We wouldn't have started a podcast. We wouldn't be talking to each other like this. We probably both of us would be sitting in our chairs sad and being like man i should be doing something but you're you're actively doing things so like now you're 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 currently where you're at in your life you're still simba but you're not not um kid simba you're at adult simba running back to pride rock to deal with what you need to deal with as a kid when i was like you know fairly young like you kind of related a bit more to the smaller one but you always knew i always knew one day that i have to be older simba as well right also, there is, like, the really weird part where it's, like, Simba didn't have a dad because he died. Like, my dad didn't die, but I didn't have a dad. So I was like, cool, we're, like, the same. I also wasn't raised by a meerkat and a warthog. So that's different. Like, that, that's not a thing that happened no, to me. You, so I don't you, relate on you exactly on meer- that level. You met the meerkat and warthog when you met me and Ben. That's that's when you met Tim <laughs> there, and Pumba. There we go. Hey, I'm ben, not going to say who's who because that's just mean. <laughs> Look, we all know I'm Pumbaa. We all know I'm Pumbaa. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and then Simba ran away, right? But then even as he grew up, he lived Hakuna Matata, right? Like, carefree, just living life, enjoying it. Well, and that's... But I always knew, like, as a kid, like, one day I'd have to grow up and be, like, Simba who came back to Pride Rock, who, you know, it's like, you can still have that fun energy about you, but you gotta look after your shit. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta well, come again... and be the king. Even knowing but, you, yeah, in, no, that character. Really knowing you in high school, you were you were very much. You seemed to me, at least, I didn't know what was going on in your personal life or anything like that. But you seemed, you seemed carefree. You seemed to have no worries. So maybe, yeah, it's, I yeah, can see, I'm, dude, I'm I pretty can good see at. I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good at projecting that. Like I don't know, but I mean, I don't really dig into like a lot of my other stuff, like a lot too. But I try to live that way as much as I can, right? Because I don't know, thinking about living like the other way just being bogged down by everything like yeah it just makes you bogged down depressed and we all have those days we honestly do right like we all have those days where it's hard to get out of bed where it's hard to face the next day and it's hard to look forward and hope there's you know there's hope for the future kind of thing but um yeah like you try to work past that as quickly as possible and kind of get back to the finding joy and finding finding fun in life that's kind of my goal right now honestly like in my life i know we're talking about podcasts and this is getting very introspective for a question i didn't think this was gonna get this like Dude, deep but this on this is, kind of level but this is the beauty of <laughs> but this, this is, is the, the magic of fiction of film, man uh, uh, just a fiction in general too because like 
like even the question in college was like expanding past to even like book characters anything like that just fictional characters in general and the fact that you can yeah. relate to like like i guarantee you if we actually looked at it we could probably relate to several different characters like i could go on about how i relate oh, to the sure. wolfman yeah. or frankenstein i could go on how i relate to i don't know scott pilgrim how i relate to I don't know, just name a character and you can probably find a way to relate. Like, do you relate to Optimus Prime there's at all? Always, like, there's always, like, a piece of us that relates to a certain character, especially the ones we're drawn to, right? There's always something there that we respect or we can, we feel connected to that character. Well, and that's the sign of a good, realistic, strong character. Because if you can't relate to a character, then what's the point, right? Like, what's what's the point of, like, I don't want to watch a movie about characters that I can't... Well, I guess, no, there's, there's, that's a double-edged sword, though, because, like, there are totally tons of characters who I don't relate to, but they're entertaining to watch. Yeah. Like, a lot of things, like, well, I mean, like, The Godfather, I don't relate to any of the characters in The Godfather, but they're interesting to watch. Same thing, I Mm -hmm. hope no one identifies with Scarface, (laughs) because, like, like, I feel like... (laughs) If you do, you got problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I relate to the part where he's sniffing all the cocaine. <laughs> it's I just get like a bunch of flour and I just put my face right into it because I'm basically Scarface, the Scarface of baking. That's what you oh, are. Oh man, oh man. <clears throat> but so, yeah, no, it's, that's the best part about, uh, like you said, film and fictional characters is that relationship to them. And that's why I wanted to touch on these characters. Which one do we relate relate to as kids and then adults? Because that kind of just tells us even of our own. It shows us a little bit of our own transformation of like how we picture ourselves and what things we found admirable as kids, right? And you even mentioned, like you mentioned Charlie Brown and you're like, oh, it's kind of sad. But then you're like, no, it's about the strength of the character. It, yeah, that, 100%. And it's not, like a, it's not like a loud, proud strength. It's not an Optimus Prime or a King Leonidas or a... Or Winston Churchill that we talked about last week, right? But it's such a, it's a subtle strength that is only recognized when you have to walk through it yourself. With Charlie Brown, he's still he is still a lead character. He's still a main character. But as you said, it's a subtle strength. It's not like he's a leader in the traditional sense of, guys, yeah. don't worry. I'm going to solve all our problems and everything will be fine. He's not Superman, right? He's, he's very much... He's not like peanuts roll out. But he's like, guys, don't worry, I'll take care of this. I'll, you know, I'll go find a tree for you guys for your Christmas performance thing. And then he messes it up. But then, you know, he still tried his best. And his friends rallied around him at the end. Like, it's one of those things of, like, he still tries. And it's still, there is that leadership quality to him where he tries to be a leader. He just, unfortunately, fails a bunch. But that's part of the learning experience. That's part of the human experience. And I think that's that's a Absolutely. big thing with these characters too. Is like even with Simba, like that struggle, that that idea of being having those goals, being carefree, and then being like, "Can I finally need to actually do what these goals I had to set out to?" That was a weird way to say that, but you all know what I mean. No, I get um, what you're saying. Yeah, the fact of the matter is that's a very human trait to have, and that that's a hundred percent. Again, going back to Spider Man, I think that's why a lot of people identify with him too, because his traits are a hundred percent relatable human conditions. So that being mm-hmm. said, let's segue to what was your adult pick? Unless you said it and I completely um, missed it. I had well, I had two picks for like the kids. And, oh, like, okay. What's your or whatever? All right. I didn't think we were going to talk pick? that much about Simba. Honestly, I felt it was more surface. But then again, when you talk about it and we start digging into it, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe maybe there, there's always something deeper. Uh, second one, exactly. I won't spend too much time on because literally 
We have talked about Star Wars so much in this podcast, and we get it. We're fans. We love it. But we're trying to not talk about it as much. <laughs> Ethan's like, I I'm just not thought a fan of like talking about. No, I just thought about like sixty different joke answers that I could throw your way for like which character it's gonna be, and I'm like, no. You relate to Darth Vader, don't you? <laughs> I mean, no. I was gonna be meaner than Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, were you gonna say Jar Jar? <laughs> nah, nah. Just. The worst characters. Uh, the one character I connected with for sure as a kid was like Obi Wan Kenobi. Like I just love that character so much. There's something like he's just like he he carries himself with like a lot of honor and a lot of uh, like he carries the burden of responsibility. Like he he looks after Anakin, trains him after you know we made the promise to Qui Gon, and he's wise. He's uh, sarcastic at what he does like sarcasm to him but he's also like he can be strict as hell you know what i mean like he can lay down the line i don't know there was just something about him and honestly it was episode two obi-wan where i'm like damn i need to grow a beard and this was like i was still a no, kid at the same time, way right? that was but that's that was honestly what, like i wasn't me. kidding about the beard thing I, I was like as a kid i would walk around like school and i'd like rub my chin like i'm like rubbing a beard like thinking and pondering but of course i had no facial hair right yeah. like back then but that's honestly why i've always wanted a beard i was like i want a beard like obi-wan, Obi-Wan kenobi like, yeah like that's a hundred percent dude like same same here a hundred percent same page um, super nerdy like <laughs> simba real depth and introspection obi-wan beard <laughs> so then on a on a, on a side like on a side tangent that has nothing to do with like like maybe nothing to do with this then so when it came to the um the Star Wars thing that we did why did you play the, why did you why did you opt to play for the apprentice then or did you opt for it like i can't remember how we decided on what roles i but... thought you were the apprentice no you were I the apprentice remember. was i yeah you I were know. you were the apprentice that turned to the dark side and fought with nicole who's the evil lady oh okay maybe i was i don't know um i'm trying to remember i i couldn't tell you like Obi-Wan for me like he's not just the the Jedi like it's not just like the Jedi master part that I relate with but it was like the apprentice like in episode one as well like that's when, when you I first that... like really loved the character right because the thing I love like him. he was still learning he was headstrong and was he right about you know the whole thing yeah he was right like um but I don't know like I just I just loved the character and you just I just felt connected with him like there was just something about and i can't really explain exactly or pinpoint what it is um but sometimes even too we talk about fictional characters like you feel drawn to them and it's not always something you can place it's just something that like a part of your soul connects with their like the character fictional soul i guess right but like there's a connection there that sometimes well, there's the, not really words for at the risk of being more introspective with it specifically if you look at his journey it's a lot of you know what yeah maybe he was right but he still did. He still believed in what his master believed. He still, yeah, you know, his mentor said, "Hey, no, this guy." And Qui Gon, at the end of the day, was technically right as well. Yeah, like he was right. And if the other Jedi got on board and actually like backed up Anakin, there's a good chance he wouldn't have turned to the dark side, right? Well, so, or resented them, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. So like, <clears throat> so Obi Wan took that to task, and he did his best. He actually he took a near impossible task of training a kid who he shouldn't have been training by all Jedi rules and accounts and purposes. And he still took, well, he's the least experienced anyway. Like he just, he literally became at the end of the episode, they made him a Jedi Knight and they're like, Hey, you can train this kid now. You know what I mean? So like least experienced around. And that's the thing is like, he's given an impossible task, 
but he still saw it through the best that he could. And at the end of the day, Obi-Wan isn't the one who failed Anakin because he was honest with him the entire time. Even when it comes yeah. to uh, in episode three, he's very upfront with Anakin where it's like, hey, the council wants you to do this. I'm not on board with keeping you in the shadow or anything like that, but like, I need to talk to you about this thing. Like he's never was really manipulative. He was very just nurturing and caring. He was a little, little mean at some points, but at the same time, like, he was never mean at the same way Mace Windu was. He was very, like, playfully mean. I always found even in episode well, he two was, and uh, three. He, he, he was very much like the older brother, right? Like, when it came to Anakin. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say a father figure, but he was the older brother who, in spite of their father dying, a.k.a. Qui-Gon Jinn, more or less, right? If you want to put in those kind of perspectives. Yep. Uh, he had to stand up to the task and look after and raise his younger brother. 100%. Which he did to the best of his ability, right? And that's kind of what you see in episode two. Like, Obi-Wan is way more of a grump in episode two. You know, like, and then you go to episode three and you can see there's more of that brotherly relationship. There's a bit more joking. But episode two, he's like, you will follow my lead. And, you know, like, he yells, like, a lot at Anakin. At, but, at the risk of possibly hitting too close to home or anything like that, would you say that that possibly that relationship also reflects in your relationship with your own brother? Well, it could be that too, right? Like, like that you... that's definitely a possibility. But I think even just, like, it's just Obi-Wan's attributes, like his character, like his his willingness to take on, again, that impossible challenge. His willingness to uh, not give up, but to continue to fight on. Like, there is a, a cre- incredible strength and endurance to Obi-Wan. And ultimately, at the end of the day, especially once you get to episode three, like, he does what he has to do. You know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't do what want he to must. fight Anakin. <laughs> But he, ha- exactly, like, that's literally the line. Like, he will do what he has that's why, to That's do. why I said it, Matt. That's why I said it, because it was literally yeah. the line. So, like, yesterday, when, literally the line. yesterday yeah. when you messaged me of, like, this is where the fun begins, this I'm just like, fun begins, I'm like yeah. do I want to ju- address that? Do, and who do I want to address? Is that Han Solo or Anakin? Who am I talking So enough. I was using an Anakin one. <laughs> so unless, unless you're still wanting I'm to I'm glad talk. you picked that up. Oh, 100%. It's because I'm a nerd and sad. But anyway, um, so do we want to, do you have more to say on Obi-Wan, or do we want to move to your adult choices? Now? No, I think we can move past, like, the introspective stuff. I'm like, man, this is getting so deep. <laughs> See, you, you say that, and then we're going to get to the adult ones, and we'll be just as introspective. <laughs> okay, my adult ones are far less introspective, because I think they just relate to me more. It, and it's funny to see the shift uh, between, like, my younger, like, who I looked up to when I was younger, like, the apprentice or the child, right? Now, like, my characters are kind of, like, older, Yep. I wouldn't necessarily say more honorable or better, though. Okay? So my so I have two, and these ones are actually from TV. It's not characters from film, but these are two from TV that I relate to. Number one is Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. <laughs> like, okay. I lo- I can see have you that. seen Modern Family? I've seen a few episodes. I haven't seen it in depth, but like the few episodes I've seen, oh I, can, God, I can dude, see that. Please, can... please, please watch that show. It's, it's on so my list. Good. It's on my list. It's been added. It's so good. Um, so first one's Phil Dumphy. And I think that, you know, those kind of things may be a bit more obvious. He's a father. He's a dreamer. He's a creator. He's always working on something and he's always getting himself into himself into like just the most ridiculous situations. And I'm like, God, I feel like that's just me. Like that's the fun, like the fun side of me. Right. Um, the other yeah. character who I relate to as an adult is Michael Scott from the office. <laughs> like, 
Of course. That one just cracked me up. Because right? <laughs> I'm like, look at man. This guy made a James Bond like type film. Like, we did that too. We made the spoof. Um, he's, he, I think on a deeper level though, but like he loves his office family, right? Like he wants nothing more in the world for them all to be happy. He wants to also be loved and cared about as well. Maybe a bit more. He wants people to be afraid point. of, to be afraid of how much people love him. That's yeah. Like <laughs> he makes all sorts of crazy decisions, uh, and then ultimately at the day though, like <laughs> even like the stuff he says, I'm like, come on, can you not see me in high school? Like all the things that like we talk about and like the most ridiculous things I say, I'm like, God, I'm I'm Michael Scott. I'm not as bad as like his most like like egocentric like zany side like the farthest stuff but, but a lot like, of it a nice comfortable middle ground i'm like i definitely a have the is, relation there a lot of it though is him also he tries to make people laugh he tries to make sure people have a good time and that's honestly going through high school and just our friendship in general that's always been something you very much try to do is make people laugh and make sure people are having a good time that's i mean like i was actually we were uh listening to music at my house yesterday and uh Bye 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 by Ink Sync came up and immediately I flash back yeah. to like those uh those dances that you choreograph for us for the oh, SRC for, uh, to do. Uh, yeah. SRC, yeah, 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 yeah. So like so it's again hey, like man. and that that was again <laughs> okay, who yeah. is that for other than to try and entertain the school? So I mean like yeah, even exactly. on a personal and, like, one on make one ourselves level, look like idiots to be honest. Like but, and that's but we all knew we looked like idiots. Not one of us was like Yeah. Yeah, look at us. I'm, we're so I'm a cool. Serious dancer. <laughs> no, we were all like, we are the least. Well, we went to school with a dance program in it. We were the least qualified people to be doing a dance <laughs> for dancing. Okay, and then like the dance teacher, she's like, she came up to me afterwards. I can't remember if it was the second one we did or the third one or the se- uh, first one. It was like one of them or whatever. And she's like, you should join like the dance crew. And I was like, uh, no thanks. Uh, I'm doing this for shits and giggles. Like, I'm, I'm not a serious dancer here. <laughs> Like, no, and it, do uh, I got moves? Of course I do, man. I got rhythm and the beat. What? What? But I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into a skin tight outfit and dance around. No thanks. No one you, wants to see that. You might have had rhythm and beat, but most of us had nothing. We were just there flailing around, doing our best. Well, that that's not true. A lot of you guys were in the music program, so you had you had the beat and you feel too. We didn't have the movement, but it was though. fun. It was fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, did. no. And the, that's... Thriller one, the Thriller one when we choreographed the whole Thriller dance, and then it went off terribly because I led us astray. I got yep. too distracted by the video, and I was like, shit, I forgot to like, get us out. <laughs> and then we started too close to the stage. And then, like, who was doing backflips? Some Brooke was, like, doing backflips in front of everyone, and he, like, flipped into a music stand or something. It was, like, just a It was just a gong show, man. But that's oh, what I mean, though, was, is like you've always so the entire time I've known you, you've always been an entertainer. You've always been someone who wants people to it's not about being about the center of attention either. And I think that's kind of where the difference between you and Michael Scott is, is right. and maybe maybe I'm not going to speak for you because I don't know your brain or anything like that. But for him, it was making people laugh. But also he most of the time needed to be the center of attention. Like a good example. Well, yeah, of that. he wanted to be in on like everything, right? A good example is that it's like uh, when Dwight gives that speech at that. Uh, Jim gives him like a bunch of fascist quotes or something like that to say at the speech, and like people are like actually getting behind it and like reacting positively to it, whereas like no one reacted to Michael's jokes. Yeah, like, and he couldn't and handle it, right? 
he couldn't. And then he spun it in a way that he could where it's like, you know what? Dwight captivated a room. I captivated the guy who captivated a whole room. Therefore, yeah. I and like I am but, the better captivator. Yeah. But that's never been an ego thing that I've seen from you, though. That's never been, at least in my experience, it's you've never done something in the sense of like, no, guys, I need to be the center of attention. It naturally falls upon you. <laughs> you naturally get that attention, which I think it speaks to your natural ability as a performer and as an entertainer. And like, you've you've always been very humble about it. I've never seen you throw a tantrum over. No, people are ignoring me. No one's paying attention to me. I've never seen that side of you, and I think that's a good quality to have, though. Like, and I think that's that's where that's where you differ you are, from Michael Scott. You are a very gracious person. Those were very nice. Those are really nice things to say. I appreciate that greatly. Um, no problem. I also haven't yeah, seen no, you in you're, ten you're, years, you're, so I mean, like, I could miss that whole <laughs> chapter of your life. Well, to be fair, I haven't been a performer for ten years, pretty much. So, you know, that kind of part goes away too. Ah, but a, but yeah, like, it never but, really is about. Uh, I mean, it never really goes away. But I just haven't. I was gonna done say for a long time. Do you hang out with friends and family? Do you still make them laugh? Are you still putting on a show for them a little bit? Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 not wrong. You're not wrong there. But yeah, no, like like I said, like I don't really connect with like the more egotistical, like extreme points of Michael Scott. Um, but I think just, but like just in his like base nature, because ultimately at the end of the day, like when you watch that show, Michael Scott will do terrible things and he will say terrible things. But at the end of the day, he really cares. Like he's the one who showed what up he... for Pam's art gallery, right? Like he's the only one who showed up in that episode. Other than Oscar and his boyfriend who, like, ripped on <laughs> her art, right? And he put it up in the office, and he was so proud of her, and he was so happy. Like, he bought and it, it was a, It was a genuine. So those, it's, like, those kind... Yeah, and genuine. Like, he loves these people. And I think that's kind of where I just also connect with Michael Scott um, just as well. It's just that genuine love he has for people, and mm-hmm. he genuinely cares. Does he say really ridiculous, funny shit? Of course he does. He's hilarious. And that's sometimes maybe I think I'm also hilarious. But <laughs> I know I'm not as funny as Michael Scott. I won't confirm it or okay? deny it. <laughs> but, I mean, arguably but, you have but, but just how much he cares. And, uh, you know, that I think that I just really connect with that. And Phil Dunphy, um, again, just as a father and how much he cares for his family and tries his best, even though he gets into ridiculous situations. Like, it's just these are just two TV characters that... I think TV gives you the opportunity to, over the course of longer a longer amount of time, to connect with these characters. But like, no, hundred yeah, percent. I, I like, love these guys. Um, we finished Community finally, and actually found out of all the characters I connected with the most this time, it was actually Britta. Out of all the characters to relate to, for some reason Britta connected with me more, and I think it's because I'm closer to her age than I was previous characters, or like when I watched the show first, I was closer to Troy's age or Abed's age and that kind of stuff. Whereas now being closer to Britta's age, I connected with a lot of stuff she was saying or dealing with or going through. Like even her crisis of like, what am I going to do with my life? I get that. I feel that on a regular basis, right? Like there are moments where you feel like you failed and stuff like that or feel like you Britta things, right? Like it's things like that. So like that's – and that's – that's as you said, the beauty of – the beauty of TV shows is you actually get to spend the time – like actually if you look at all the characters that we've – listed off minus Simba really all of them are characters that we've gotten to know for years and spend time with for years right like there's no 
we didn't name a character who just came out last year or anything like that. Like Spider-Man's been around for how long? I arguably Simba's been around since the nineties. So he's been around for as long as we have. Um, he has. Yeah. And like very early on too. Right. No. And that's exactly close to our childhood. Very close. And I think that's a big factor in in it too. Is like, (laughs) it's either characters actually a very beginning because they came out in 94. Yeah. So we were three. But uh, it's yep. it's very it's interesting to see that those are the characters that we draw from or ones that we've just always grown up with and or either grown up with or they've been around long enough to make that impact with or we've gone on a journey with. And I think that's a big part of connecting mm-hmm. with characters too is that journey, right? I 100% agree. And like you said, like that's the best part of characters in fiction. Like, And to the people, you know, whoever you guys relate with, um, I'll just speak, you know, I'll break the fourth wall here and speak to, you know, um, you who are listening, whoever you relate with too. Like it, it doesn't have to be from a movie. Like it can be a TV show. It, it can, can be, be a book, a video game, so many, a video game, a book. There's so many different narrative, uh, creations that are out there that really connect us to these characters. And again, sometimes like when we dig introspectively and we say, and sometimes it helps too, when you have someone else, cause we don't always judge ourselves uh the same way as like maybe someone else sees us too yeah maybe we're not sure why we connect to a certain character but someone will be like well it's obvious because of this or that you know or the other thing um but whoever you connect to uh you know there's definitely a reason for it and like that's that's the real you know shit got real in this question but that is the realism of the fiction of characters of the beauty of storytelling the beauty of film and it it connects us to these characters who aren't real but yet they're more real than i don't know reality i I didn't know where i was going i was kind of like michael scott in that point too where it's like i start a sentence and i'm not sure where i'm going with it and i just hope it finds its way these characters characters are more their characters are more real than they should be for fictional characters for sure at the end of the day like there are cartoony over-the-top fictional characters but then there are ones that are you could see meeting them in a real life situation. We all we all know yeah. a Michael Scott. We all know a Phil Dunphy. We all know a Peter Parker. We all know a Charlie Brown. As yeah. I said, I know like going through your characters that Simba. I feel oh an Obi Wan. <laughs> I was like, who was the other one we talked about? But like, those are all the beard. those are people we know. Like those those are people we know because as soon as you said those, I'm like, oh that makes sense. Yeah, like that's who you are. That's who you. I can see those parallels and similarities. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want, I can take away the seriousness and just be like, well, if you relate to Michael, I'm I'm basically Jim. Because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a very good comparison. Because... And I'll just keep looking at the camera whenever I can. <laughs> I also love Jim, too. He's great. He's Well, that's, uh, that's the thing with Jim, though. That's is... such a great TV series. I've only seen it once, and it's I can't disagree in the slightest. I, I didn't mm-hmm. see it until literally last year. I never, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I never watched the... And I'm glad I didn't, though, because I... For years, so many people, like, pushing it on me, pushing it on me, pushing it on yeah. me. And eventually, I was me and my roommate were just like, you know what? Let's just finally watch it. Let's just put it on. No one's talked about it for a while. Let's just see what it's like. And no, it, it held up. But I'm glad I didn't watch it sooner. Otherwise, I think it would have been like, this isn't as funny as everyone's saying it is. And, and, and like, there's just, like, there's a charm to it. There's a heart to it. And I think, too, like, all the characters are so human, right? Like, they're so relatable. Yeah. Like, it's not these out-of-world characters. It's like, the, we all know someone 
who is like these characters to a certain point of view, right? I think everyone so, even knows. Yeah, like it's so well written and everything. Even going as like the weirdest characters ever. Like ever, I think everyone knows a Creed at some point in their life. Like oh yeah, like Creed is like probably one of my favorite too. <laughs> See, like I could say that about almost all of them though. Like honestly, like oh yeah, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite. Like. But no, but that's almost all of them. But again, that's a testament to those characters. It's the same thing with I don't know if you've watched Parks and Rec, but it's the same thing with them. And like yeah. the first season of that show, you can kind of tell it's trying to be an office clone. But by the second time, second season, they find their rhythm. they found their yeah. rhythm and they they became such a show separate from the office that it works. Like it just yeah. Like I mean, there we go. There's another character I can relate to. Well, anyone played by Chris Pratt, just because you know I'm, I'm basically Chris Pratt. Um, it's, it's the six packs, the striking, strikingly handsome. Oh no, no I'm the, talking about the chiseled. Uh, jaw. I'm talking about pre Chris Pratt uh, being ripped. Oh, uh, <laughs> Fat Pratt. The as, other one. Uh, he's lovingly called himself. Fat Pratt. Yep. <laughs> I love Chris Pratt, dude. He's such a great dude. Just super, like, just... super down to earth. Yeah, at least from what I know. I don't know him personally. <laughs> Oh no, we're, we're at uh, least from what I know. We're totally Facebook friends. We're totally uh, yeah. yeah. We meet him uh, talk every every so often. Definitely, I see him on Twitter every. Definitely once not more. lying about any of that. Definitely not making things up. <laughs> definitely not. Nope. There's a. Uh... Oh, man, that was a meaty question of the day. Hey, I told you it was gonna be a banger. I man. liked it. I didn't. Th- I, I didn't even think it was gonna get that introspective, but uh, shit got real. But I'm glad it did. I think it so. Good. I think it was, it was a good, good time. I think it was it was enjoyable. I think I like that question quite a bit. I, I also yeah, when I it, thought I had my it, answers, I'm like, oh, this is gonna make the question short. Yeah, and then then it just we just dig deeper into it. And I think I think and it's just nice too to like switch up a little bit of the pace and to dig a little deeper even into, uh, you know, just our own psyches and you know the the characters and how we relate to them. That was very turned out to be way more interesting than I thought it was honestly going to be. 20 years, 20 movies. I'm ready. 20 years, 20 movies. <laughs> Until we find Woo! more movies to watch. 20 years. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for us yeah. needing to change that title at some point. Or we can just keep it the same, even though we go past 20 years. Yeah, I think so. And then I just start a second 20 years. 20 years, right? 20 movies, 1980s edition. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. The sequel. The sequel. All right. Um, so, Matt, uh, 2016. 2016 it was a year you want, am i starting you want me to start this one see okay so start? here's so here's the thing i'm i'm good to let you start i'm good for me to start because i took a lesson from you and i what actually i revisited the movies that i liked and okay. i actually took notes so i actually oh, have nice. points to talk about rather than sitting here smiling like an idiot being like ha, ha, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i like this movie <laughs> I'm just going to smile and grin about it, and no one can see it because you can't hear a smile. Maybe you can. I think you can. But uh, oh, I think there's an energy. I, took, I think there's an energy. I took notes on it, and I have I have four that I can go through as, like, I have four. I have two with notes, four to mention, plus honorable mentions, um, four that we Well, watched. yeah, like, we can, we can start. I'm going to start with you, man. All right. Whatever you you whatever you want. You you're running the show today. Sure. Uh, you're if you're the show. whatever you want. Uh well, let's go back. Do you have multiple or do you have like for your Uh no, I have like one and honorable mentions. Ha. Huh. Well, this is a conundrum then cuz I was going to say let's go back and forth, but like sorry, I just got really excited about 2016 movies cuz there were some like honestly, man, there were some good ones. I think See, you, I think seen... you just missed out. Uh, yeah, like so here's my opinion on 2016. Meh. Meh. Like 
there were there was movies that were like pretty good, movies that were pretty bad. Then there's some like really bad ones. But I just I had such a hard time finding like movies that I really loved out of 2016 that really stood out. Like and the ones I put down, I'm like, oh yeah, no, 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 these are still really good movies. Uh, but I just I just felt most of the year was meh. And I think maybe too, like I told you before, I said maybe I missed the good movies of 2016. But yeah, like, I mean, you're the one pumped for 2016. You can start if you want. Sometime. No, I want you to start because maybe I might have to change your mind. So I'm going to let you start. Oh, you might have to change my mind. Mind, change my mind. Well, if, change hey, my man, mind. If it's one of the top two. My mind two, doesn't change. <laughs> if it's one of my top two, then I have points to try and to try and counteract it but i'm curious i want to hear well these are also my best movies too so you don't yeah, really let's need go to count- you, do you need to counter my best movies i don't know well if they're not Unless on they're the li- your worst if they're movies. not on your list if they're not if these oh, ones aren't on yeah. there and then maybe they're on yeah. your bad list i don't know fair enough so yeah you go, go ahead take the lead man okay so my favorite movie my best movie of 2016 uh this one for me was a little it's a little different but i guess looking back at previous episodes i've kind of had like pretty different genres for my best movies like i had that a uh, quiet place like a horror movie i've had uh, like the superhero avengers movie dude the uh, dark historic, darkest hour is like the farthest hour. left field right? answer i never thought i'd get from you mm-hmm. yeah i didn't even yeah, know you so, watched so, that like i was yeah, just like oh well, i so, guess okay don't even get me started on darkest hour I, again man. i guess i guess I'm matt gonna, likes gonna... my, my reaction when you said that is like well i guess matt likes higher cinema than i do <laughs> well i don't know about that but i just, I'm just I'm it, just it, it spoke to me because i'm i'm a history i love history i love speeches so just and gary oldman like i said last all right week, let's so let's let's uh, but don't get me started there let's, go, let's pull back if you want to hear matt's thoughts on uh darkest hour go back and watch uh episode three if you haven't there's a little yeah plug i talked for about our it for way too long way too long i but enjoyed this it, week though. yeah you did you watch darkest hour no, I haven't. I haven't watched Doctor. Oh, Star I thought Star. you said you enjoyed it. No, so no, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. listening to you talk about it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody Trust me. Did. <laughs> Trust me. Go I was too busy watching. Add, go back and add to our polls too, guys. Come on, I got to put in a poll this week too for something. I don't know what yet. I'm sure it'll we'll come find up out. naturally. Exactly. Um, okay. So anyway, back to 2016. So the movie I'm doing this year for 2016 is. <laughs> it's like the total opposite of Dark- darkest hour pop star never stop never stopping that's on an honorable mention for me and that is an amazing is it? movie because it is it's oh so my good god it's so good it is modern funny. day like this, this is spinal tap man oh my god it is such a funny movie like honestly oh, yeah uh you know to put basically simply without talking about any like my notes and the little points i made down just simply this is just a super funny movie and for me that's all i needed it to be that's all i needed to be i laughed from beginning to end andy sandberg and the lonely island boys they crack me up every time every time i love these guys we quote it on a daily basis here like it's especially like that the nah man i didn't do it or did i no, I'm just playing <laughs> oh, with that. No, no, I didn't. Well, maybe I did. <laughs> Chris, well, Red, maybe yeah. I didn't. Like, no. I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, no, it was. It was one that surprised me. I, I, th- I thought I wasn't gonna like it when it first came out. Like, I, like, I'm like, this kind of looks dumb. The songs were funny, and then like, I actually sat down and watched it finally. And I, my roommate came home, and I sat down, him down, and made him watch it because I'm like, dude, yeah. no, you need to see this movie. Like, it's really good. 
And it is a surprise movie because I just thought it was going to be one of those like, oh, because sometimes like you get the SNL movies and they're like, meh. But to be fair, Andy Samberg's Hot Rod that came out maybe, what, 2007 or something? It was pretty, it was, it a, was little a ways older, back. Yeah. Um, that was a really funny movie too. I really loved it. So that's why I was I still... like, I'll give it a shot. That's one I've watched, but it didn't it didn't land for me. But I feel like since really? since that oh. since I watched it though, I've gained more of an appreciation for Andy Samberg. Yeah. So I think there's a chance that going back and watching it, I might actually appreciate it. I just I I loved Hot Rod too. Honestly, I don't know if it'll be that year's best movie, but it it's definitely gonna be an honorable mention. Man, I haven't even thought least. that far back. I'm still like I'm still in the well, 2010s. The only man. reason I thought about Hot Rods because we're talking about the Andy Samberg Star. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I guess I, I mentioned the last week or the week before. I can't remember. I was talking about comedies, and I said they have to be funny. Oh yeah, right? like that's the one thing comedies have to be. And if you can be funny, everything is every anything else can be forgiven. But the thing that's awesome about this movie is not only is it funny, it's also just a really well written and put together movie. Like that's what makes it like above and beyond any of these other ones because it's not just ha ah, that was a funny movie, but the story was terrible and blah 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 blah. It was like no man, this this whole package was well put together you can see they put so much effort into it and it was still really funny so it got all the points it's a comedy about a guy who got too big for his britches it's a story that we've seen happen in in the paparazzi and the not paparazzi, well in the real the, world yeah right? it's, time it's something that happens again. all the time like yeah. it's something that we've seen happen and it just my favorite part honestly is like the actual like celebrities who are playing themselves in it and they're genuine yeah. like when they genuinely are talking in excitement about this fictional band i love that because it's like it's just they're so they're so actually happy about it and it's yeah like, it's just it's it's ex- very genuine like they do a really good job oh yeah like like never to me did i feel like anyone was really like this is gonna sound weird but it didn't feel like anyone was like super acting like some of the characters seemed hyper realized but mostly within like like honestly, Connor Re- reality, Connor was the only yeah. one who felt like he was like a super exaggerated character, and everyone else was like pretty pulled back. No, like you, yeah, you like this is this is uh realistic or understandable, Although, right? Like Hunter was like, kind of oh, yeah, like, no, I could see this being a person. Hunter was Hunter definitely kind of like uh, every mumble rapper ever. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really nailed that. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go into some of my points here. Yeah, man. Um, so the three points. Always try and keep three. So three points that made it so high up on the list for me um, was, number one, the mockumentary style of the film, the writing and performances, and the music. And oh, yeah. so Okay, so talk about, like, the mockumentary documentary style. So the whole movie is a documentary, essentially, covering the rise and fall of this pop star singer. Um, I wrote his name down. Connor for real. <laughs> Which is just such an a amazing... funny name too. I love the name too, Connor for real, and that was played by Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I thought in this movie they really made the most of this style. They had various characters coming in and out of nowhere. They had hilarious situations, including the one with like the wasp, where they not they weren't actually like recording anything, but they were like talking. They're like turn the cameras off, and then like all the bees attacked, and like there's the queen, get her, take this flamethrower. Do you remember that scene? It was like by the pool. There's a there's a there's... Blu-ray release of it where um yeah, they actually released a steelbook of it with the art from that scene. Like oh, they made really? like a paint. They made a painting, and it's like because it's not actually in the movie, but they made a painting of it. Yeah. of them fighting bees with flamethrowers. Yeah, 
That's and it's sick. amazing. And like, oh no, dude, it's awesome. I'll send you a picture of it if I can find that art. Sweet. But like, but like, I thought that was such a funny part because like, did you guys record that? They're like, no, like shit. It, it was just like a good reason to like, because no other movie would you have like not record a scene like that, right? But because oh, it was a documentary and they had the cameras turned off because it's like fourth wall breaking. They didn't record that. So I thought that was just a great way to use it. And of course, like the talking heads, right? Like you have the interviews with the actual real artist. You have interviews with various different characters. Uh, and it was a great way, again, for the characters to talk to the audience, to set up very funny jokes, and to deliver exposition that feels natural, right? Like it was a yeah, very natural way. They're giving that's what you documentaries are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the movie, I guess, it takes place. I can't remember how over uh, what period of time it takes place, um, but it takes place over a fair amount of time, going to various different locations. Um, just wait. Let me get my let me get my mouth here. Get your shit together, man. Okay. Ah, so the movie takes place over like various <laughs> locations, and the style adds to it by making it not jarring, right? Like not all of a sudden yeah. we're like over here, over there, but because again documentaries we tend you tend to jump around quite a bit so it, it all was a very, made sense it was a very clear story like the story wasn't yeah. ever confusing i never really got mm-hmm. lost in it it was and you very could follow it easily oh exactly and i mean the movie could have been done not using that style but it really i don't think it wouldn't have landed as well to be honest it really no, wouldn't have landed as well like it wasn't there just for the sake of a gimmick it was really baked into every fiber of this film and it ultimately enhanced the film in the end. Like, this was from the ground up. This was part of it. This wasn't just added on for fun. It it's a modern-day spinal essential. tap. It's, it's, it's yeah. a modern-day spinal tap. Like, if you, like I, I don't think... I honestly don't think this movie could have happened without spinal tap existing. Because, like, there, there had to have been some kind of awareness that they're basically... Essentially remaking or reimagining what spinal tap was. Sure, yeah. And, like, honestly, in my opinion, they made it funnier. Like, Spinal Tap is funny. It's good. But this is, like, just... It's, <laughs> just another level. I almost yeah. said Streets Ahead, and then I realized that's not actually a thing. <laughs> streets Ahead. Streets Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think so, you're street, Streets Behind. I thought it was great. And, again, like, the style just really added to it. It made it uh, very easy to digest information and scenes and locations and characters coming in and out very randomly. It was just... It worked so well. It worked so well. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's great in theory, but, again, execution is where they just really made it shine. They really pulled it off. Well, super well. those guys have an eye for that kind of stuff, right? There's a sincerity. Yeah. Even if you look at if you look at the stuff that Lonely Island did for SNL or on their own, even in their songs, there's a genuine sincerity as much as they're making jokes or, like, poking fun at things. Mm-hmm. There's a sincerity to what they're doing, and I think that that's where their strength really comes from is that they're – they're just they're they're real about it, right? You know, they're they're for real about it. They're Connor for real about it. Connor for oh that, that was joke bad. went way too long. Ooh, that was bad. Ooh, that was bad. Please cut that. <laughs> You're not going to, uh, but please. I'm not going to. I'm totally gonna leave it in there. But like sure. the thing too about Lonely Island, like real life, like these guys are like childhood friends, right? Like they oh, yeah. just grew up. Like it's not just in the movie, but real life. These guys grew up making this kind of stuff, and. I don't know how it worked or what exactly happened or how they got big. I don't know their origin story as far as that goes. But, like, it's just these group of guys making fun shit, but now they're making it on a different level, right? And we can relate to that. Like, we made yep. all sorts of fun shit. We just never made it Hollywood 
style. But these guys, they, they took that feeling of just some friends making some funny-ass stuff and then added, like, the budget and the whole Hollywood, yeah. you know, feel to it. But they never lost the charm of it. Like, that's the thing. It never became um, packaged, branded. Like, it did, but Lonely Island still has the charm of, like, just a group of friends making funny songs. Like, and ultimately probably for their own entertainment, right? <laughs> It's the same as Monty Python, right? Like, I'm not saying that they yeah. are Monty Python, but it's it's similar to that where it's a group of friends got together and they made things together and they've just, they kind of built a career around that, right? That's why a lot yeah, of people exactly. keep asking. They're not really looking for the next Andy Samberg project necessarily as much as like, well, when's Lonely Island doing something next? Like, yeah. there are fans of Andy Samberg, but then there are also fans where there's like, hey, but like, when's the group doing things? Yeah, like, when's to me, I think I, I love it because... The story is essentially like a weird mix of like if Lonely Island broke up and if the Beastie Boys broke up, like there's two distinct kind of bands that they really base it around themselves. And then also there's there's a lot of Beastie Boys imagery, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. And like, well, they're called the Style Boys, right? Like even just right there. (laughs) Just dude, like, like I said, the movie just made me happy. This See, I don't have points for yours, so I can just sit here and smile like an idiot while you talk about it. So. <laughs> You're like, continue on. I will just smile. Um, okay, well, I'll continue on to my next point then. Uh, so comedies really start, of course, with the writing, right? Like, a lot of them get ad-libbed on set, like we've seen many different times. Uh, different variations but writing is still key to setting up a strong joke like setting up the scene setting up the situation the joke's just really a part of that right uh and the writing and the jokes in this movie off the hook off the hook super super funny the story the character arcs uh the characters themselves great characters by the way we talked about this a little bit already right like every character in that movie has a purpose and kind of a point like there's some that are throwaways or little cameos but they're funny like they're all very great personalized realized characters uh like i said the jokes are great and right down to the music like the writing and the music was also very good and i'll talk about the music in my next point uh, just a really really well done job i mean it ain't shawshank redemption right like <laughs> but for what it is honestly yeah, but i think I it's one of the best like i wasn't laughing all the way the through style. shawshank redemption no, but I mean, like, if you were talking about quality Whereas, like, of writing, like, we just talked about a higher cinematic, like, level, right? But for what this movie is, it was perfect. Like, it, it's exactly 100%. what it needed it to be. And it was just, it, it's one of the best, for sure, of its genre. No, for I agree. Sure. It's, 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 honestly, I can't think of a moment where I wasn't laughing during this movie. Like, there's yeah. like, some of the more, there, even in the serious moments, there's still it's a funny. joke being played. Like, it's. Yeah, yeah in the limo man <laughs> hilarious um this is what my yeah. life is about now this is what <laughs> exactly it's just <laughs> oh god oh yeah yeah great man. it's just it's so good so good and not recommended and... for younger children but definitely still not. funny yeah. definitely <laughs> and uh you know, the jokes, they're not only written well, but they're executed almost perfectly. And that's, again, oh, yeah. part of it, right? Like, you can write a good joke, but you then have to go and execute it and have the right timing, the right inflections, uh, the right, uh, you know, like, physical, you know, communication. So, again, they were well-written jokes, but they were executed almost perfectly. 
Uh, and the cast, again, very talented. So every time this movie had jokes, they pretty much landed for me. Like, anytime they had a joke, they pretty much landed. I'd say, like, a 98% hit rate. I'm trying to, like, I haven't watched it for a while, but I'm pretty sure most of the jokes, like, there might have been some where I was kind of like, meh, okay. But, so, like, 98% of the movie hit for me, for sure. Because for me, I'd say, I'd say I laughed throughout pretty much the whole thing, but also I realized, and this will maybe tie into, like, some of my honorable mentions, but I've realized I'm not the best judge of like so i'm not the best judge of comedy necessarily in recommending it to other people mm-hmm. because i laugh at pretty well everything like almost everything will ferrell is like the one person i don't laugh at a lot <laughs> you don't really get a kick out of that yeah we t- i laugh at him in his side characters but when it comes mm-hmm. to his main characters and it breaks down to like almost every scene is him just like ah, oh, what's going on and now this is happening and i'm uncomfortable about things oh why is it not stopping that when that gets old after a while like and it's fair it's, enough it's funny the first few times and then when i see it in every one of his movies i'm like ah okay like i like anchorman anchorman was good i like yeah that, that was one. a good one yeah i like yeah. that one but i can't think of any other ones that i've really gone out of my way to watch because i know that type of comedy but overall with most types of comedy i usually just i laugh and it's there are things that aren't funny that I'm laughing at. There are things that are funny that I'm laughing at. Like, it's just, it's, I can get more into that in a while and explain kind of where that came, realization came from. But mm-hmm. regardless, this movie is one I can't actually think of a time that I wasn't laughing at. Like, it just, as I said, even the sentimental moments, like, like him feeding the, him feeding the pancakes with, uh, with crap in them to his, to his lackeys. Oh, yeah. That proves yeah. that you're a real friend. You fed us pancakes with poop. <laughs> yeah, but you passed the test, right? Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. it makes sense, right? The logic is there. Like, the logic is man, there. Like, the, and it's it's just, once again, it's the sincerity of those performances. Like, at that moment, Connor, Connor believes that he's actually, like, proving a point. And he believes that, no, I've, I like, you see it in his face as soon as, like, um... I want to say it's Jorah as the actor plays it. Yeah, Jorma. Jorma, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you see it when, like, as soon as he tells him the truth, you can see Connor's face of just like, oh, man, I know you're my real friend. And he doesn't put together the fact, sincerely doesn't put together the fact of what he did was wrong yeah. or messed up. And it's just like the sincerity there. And then also the response back of like, no, man, like you crossed the line now and I'm just absolutely done there's such a sincere moment there but it's still hilarious like it's just i don't know man like it's as, as you said it's a good movie it's a great blend of like the seriousness too of those situations and the comedy mm-hmm. like they find the comedy in everything and and i thought that was a great part the cast was wonderful too right like they had a strong cast like you can't have great jokes and great execution without a strong cast like they have the three lonely island boys Tim Meadows, Maya Rudolph, Sarah Silverman, Justin Timberlake, Michael Bolton. Um, Will Arnett was in there too, right? He was like the TMZ guy. Uh, Bill Hader, Chris Red. I think the list goes on and on. I forgot, like, and I forgot the, like, the about Justin Timberlake artist. in that movie. Yeah. I was right? in the fish. Right? <laughs> so, like, and they all play different various roles from talking heads, key characters, musical cameos. But everyone does a great job, and you can tell they were having fun. You can tell they were just having a great time and just doing it. Just doing it. I appreciated that they didn't rely on the music for being the only source of comedy. 
yeah. I appreciate that it went outside of that. Because, like, and they made a lot of songs for that movie that weren't in there as well. Like, or they played snippets of, but, like, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of... I'm glad it just... I'm glad that it wasn't just one long music video. And, like, the, yeah. the promotion beside it where they would release the songs that weren't in the movie just as... Like, they released that as an album. Like, you can buy the pop star album. Yeah, with all the songs, yeah. And that's brilliant. That's That's good that's good viral marketing there that's that's a good way to expand your audience because even if say you don't want to watch the movie but you like lonely islands music well there you go you got a whole new cd of lonely island music well that and that's exactly my third point like the music and they do it in class classic lonely island style right making actual legit music but it's funny like you can listen to it and it would be otherwise like normally legit music but it's funny like the lyrics are hilarious the thing that's always worked about Lonely Island for me with their music, and it definitely translates into this movie, is, like, they're making funny joke songs, but their funny joke songs, again, it's that sincerity. I keep going back to that. It's such a yeah sincere performance where it's, like, like even when they're, you know, doing their super serious rapping and stuff like that, and they're, like, so serious about it, but they're rapping about the most ridiculous things. Like the, it's not in the movie. Like this is a Lonely Island song, but it's like the diaper money song, is mm-hmm. hilarious. It's amazing because it's like they're dads now, so they're singing about dad stuff, <laughs> and it's and it it works. Like it works so well, and that's kind of where I think their strength as a group shines through is that they're not singing about things that they're either singing about things that they don't relate to, but they're like they have that sincerity of like it becomes the joke where it's basically, it's similar to like, um, like weird Al's white and nerdy song where it's like, it's a gangster rap, but he's not rapping about gangster things. He's rapping about things that he, Oh, white and nerdy. Yeah. That he, (laughs) that only weird Al would know about. And it's like, yeah. And I think that's when it comes to parody and stuff like that, that's a whole side tangent. Actually, I was about to hop into because it's not really, their songs aren't really parody, I guess. When it comes to comedy songs... No, they're, they're not. They're just comedy songs, yeah. There's a side tangent I'll get into in a second. So when it comes to comedy songs in general, there needs to be that sincerity. Because if you're just laughing at your own songs... Because I've seen that with some comedians, where they'll be singing a comedy song and they'll be laughing with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's okay, that's kind of cute. Ha ha, your song's funny. But like, you got to believe in your music too. You got to believe in what you're yeah. singing. Like even like Captain Jack Sparrow, having Michael Bolton sing his heart out about that like there's a there's a sincerity with their guest vocalists too because like michael bolton likes you believe michael bolton's a fan of pirates of the caribbean pirates of the caribbean he's a huge and that's funny in the song too they're like wow michael bolton's a a huge cinephile cinephile. like and i'm like oh that fits perfectly into our show because and that it's a great song because they're going all about the rap and like yeah we're coming up in the club and Michael Bowen's like, this now back to the tear. good part. <laughs> of Captain Jack Sparrow, and they're like, what? <laughs> like it was, it's such a good song. And I got, they got a ton so, of them, right? Dick in a box. I just had sex. Mother lover, turtle neck and chain. I'm on a boat. Uh, we like sports is good. Jizz in my pants. Three way. There's actually three-way. a lot of like really sex songs. <laughs> Threw it on the ground. Shy Ronnie, and of course they like said Jack Sparrow. Like they're all, they're all so well-written like songs and uh but they're funny they're funny just charming charming i'll find myself on youtube going back and watching all their music videos like yeah 
because their music videos are funny to boot. Like the song, that's the cool thing about it is like the songs work by themselves, but they also work watching the music videos. On a, like on a side tangent though, um, maybe you agree or disagree. I genuinely believe that unless somehow the torch is passed, when Weird Al Yankovic passes away or retires from music, that's going to be mm-hmm. an entire genre of music that's just going to die. Well, it's just going to be Cause, him, yeah. Because there are other there are other parody artists out there, but you don't know them. No one knows who they are, and they yeah. don't do it nearly as well as he did. And I'm just unless he somehow passes the torch to like someone to keep performing his songs and write new songs, when he retires, when he passes away, that that's a genre. That's it's going to be kind of a landmark in music because that's just a genre that's going to disappear. Like just that that art of parody there is just gonna not exist in the way that it did and i think that's well yeah it won't be so like necessarily mainstream or on the same level as you know the music that came out because again people make parody songs but they're on youtube or something or you know there's somewhere else where people don't know about them they're not on that high level echelon the uh, reason i like the reason i bring it up though is it's the way weird al did it though and this ties in with Lonely Island, is there was a sincerity when he was doing it. There was a sincere thing of like, no, I'm parodying this song because I like your music. I like this song. And I thought of a joke to go with it. And mm-hmm. like, even the way he handles it, where it's not just some guy on YouTube making a parody, it's him reaching out specifically to um, the artist being like, hey, I want to parody your song. And if they said no, he'd be okay with it. And if they... Yeah agreed then actually most of them agreed because they that was a badge of honor in the music industry and i think that's going to be something that also disappears because suddenly it's like oh well there was this guy who did these parodies that was like a benchmark and now that's gone like i'm i i I know this this doesn't really relate to lonely island but like it's just something that pops in my brain every once in a while and i just get like happy because it's cool but sad because it's like no it's just gonna disappear like (laughs) yeah so i kind of hope i hope at one point that he passes on the torch that'd be kind of nifty that's a whole side rant not about lonely island or about pop star at (laughs) all but not about pop star um did he even make an appearance in pop star because then i can somehow he did he was in pop star he was okay He's then, on the then, cast yeah. list. I can't remember what he did because I haven't watched the movie for a while. Well, then, then um, that's cool. I but can, he was I can, on the cast. He was he was in the movie. Then I can confidently say it was related. hundred percent related. Exactly. Yes, it's and yeah. all about. And, and they bring that music to the movie, right? They're just genuine. Uh, it has that charm. They're very funny. They're well written. The music doesn't mix miss a beat. Like it's really good. It's not half assed. Like they didn't just half ass it. For the movie, uh, they they put some real love to the music as it rightfully should get love, and they just they killed it. They brought it with the music. What's your favorite song from the movie? Uh, I honestly, I, I'm 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 in the middle between the beginning song and the last song. I like them a lot. Like I like the "I'm So Humble" song. Yeah. Like I just love it. it has like yeah, bip, 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 bip. and then like it gets stuck in your and head. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he's like Adam Levine's hologram. Oh, uh. <laughs> like, and, and that that was so great. Like I love that. Like the opening scene for this movie, it it sets it sets the stage. I mean, it's on a stage, but it also sets the stage for the it, whole movie well, it sets to come. Up the right? Entire, you yeah. get the whole feeling. You know what this movie is right off the bat. Like you get it. And, of course, the inner conflict, too, of what's actually the issue <laughs> in the movie, right? Um, and then the last one, uh, Incredible Thoughts, 
They have Michael Bolden in there. JT comes in. Like, it, it, it was just, like, the perfect uh, end capper to the movie. Have you learned how to donkey roll? I have not. <laughs> but, if anyone like, could, hey. if anyone could, Matt, you could do it. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'll leave that hey, to Andy Samberg. Dude, dude, hey, once again, you learned the thriller dance. You learned bye-bye-bye. <laughs> well, if you can bye. learn the thriller dance, you can do anything, right? Exactly. Like, if you have the moves of Michael Jackson, why can't you donkey roll? Just saying. Just saying. Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. But, yeah, no, like, I mean, even when ago. you look at, like, the... Even if you look at, like, the thematic difference between the opening song and the song at the end, right? Like, you can see, even in the music, the story arc unfolds. And, like, well, how they create the story is even in the music. So, it's just... It's so integral... Uh, to the story itself and to the film and that's why i think it's so well done but yeah i kind of here's the funny here's the thing i kind of love about the beginning song and the end song though is because they technically they say the same thing though in a different way because the first one is it like they say the same thing but in like a reverse way because it's like the first song is him singing about being so humble when he isn't Mm -hmm. and the second one is them singing about the last song is them singing about how incredible their thoughts are which is really a hum- humble brag when you think about it. So they're yeah. basically still thinking they're singing about being really, really smart. So they're still not humble, <laughs> and like it's there's a weird parallel in that where they're still like, but he's been humble through like the experience, experiences that he goes through. In he the learned movie, a yeah. lesson, but the lesson was friendship and not necessarily about being humble. Humble as much. <laughs> My like, brain is a genius. Exactly, because he's that. <laughs> exactly, so it's like yeah. he's humbled by his friends, but his friends are just as humble as he is, which isn't <laughs> yeah. very humble. <laughs> and it's it's a weird parallel, but I love it. I think that's such oh. a good note to end on for the comedy because it's essentially your character learned a lesson but didn't really yeah. learn a lesson exactly. And like like you said, like it, it it is a story about friendship. Like it's a story about brotherhood, about music. And ultimately, the dangers of losing sight of yourself. If you need a deeper meaning. Like, it's just super funny, and you can just take it at that level. But, like, it just, it has a lot of great themes in this film. Um, For me, on top of it, And what does it, what's that? Go ahead. ahead. Say your thought. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Are we going to Canadian off here? Canadian off. (laughs) Oh, you go ahead, you hoser there, eh? (laughs) Oh, you go ahead. No, after you, man. (laughs) Uh, But for me, me, what I, like, what it resonated with me 100% was, like, even looking at, some of the relationships that I had lost since high school, like moving away Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like kind of started planting the seeds in my brain about like, Oh, well maybe, maybe I've kind of been a jerk and just disappeared from people's lives because I, you know, thought I didn't need them anymore and stuff like that. And it kind of helped reflect that a bit. And like, there's dude, there's so much that built up to me coming back for that, for the reunion. And like, again, even this, like, and right. pop star i could say is a tiny bit of that just because it's like oh you know maybe maybe my friendships weren't at like maybe there are things that i did that maybe made have made people not want to hang out with me or talk to me or maybe there's this thing that happened or like it, it definitely as much as the comedy there's definitely an introspection there there's a way to actually reflect in your own life yeah. and take a well, look even and- how we even how we perceive things too right like sometimes we perceive, oh, people don't like me or people didn't care, and it's like, but that, it's really our own perception and not necessarily the reality that's always around us. 
Oh, a hundred percent. But yeah. And, and I think, yeah, the, the, it does have deeper themes to it. Like if you want to find them, they're easy to find. Like it's, it's a, like I said, a well put together film. Uh, if you don't want to find them, you just want to laugh, then by all means, just, yep. <laughs> just have a great time. Uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, what does it for me in this movie and why it's my number one of 2016 is ultimately it's damn funny. The documentary style really works. The writing and performances are strong and the music is classic Lonely Island and it's just brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. So yeah, that's my uh, 2016 best movie of the year. Pop star never stops stopping. And it's not on Netflix. It was on Netflix for a while. It's not anymore. So, but if you do get the chance to watch it, like, watch it. Ew, I highly there. recommend this movie. It is incredibly entertaining. Honorable mentions, of course, Captain America Civil War. That was a great movie. I mean, Batman v Superman also came out in 2016. And, like, when you compare the two, there's no comparison, man. Like, one movie worked, one didn't. And Civil War is definitely one of my favorite, especially once you get into, like, the whole character relationships in there. Uh, it was just a really strong movie. Don't Breathe was a great one. That's that one had, I still need uh, to watch, actually. Uh, what's that? Steven Lang yep. in there. It's like the blind dude taking out some kids who came into his house. Like, Get the hell out of my house. My roommate saw it. That, he it loved was a it. Really, yeah, it was a really charming little horror movie. It's quite good. Uh, Moana came out that year. It was mm. a great little Disney movie. I love Moana. Honestly, one of the strongest ones to come out in a while. Like in a while, right? Like the music was top, the acting, the story, the, it had that heart. It was really good. It was a really good film. Uh, Rogue One. I liked Rogue One. <laughs> I enjoyed Rogue One for uh, what it was. I have thoughts and opinions. Which but... was kind of like a military. It was almost, honestly, I felt Rogue One was as close as you could get to an RPG in a movie. Like they literally had an opening planet. They gathered their allies and characters from the different locations they visited and then it all came down to like one kind of battle it was a very short rpg but i mean it was kind of like rpg style as much as you can get well matt i guess we're so, gonna have to end uh, the call here and we're just gonna have to hang up and i'm just gonna <laughs> He's like, i'll see you later um but no rogue one was really good I, I actually enjoyed that movie star trek beyond i found was quite a bit better than i thought it would be and of course it that year it was <laughs> it was uh it was quite a good movie as well, especially like, that was the not it it part one. No, that came out in twenty seventeen. No, that came out in twenty sixteen. No, twenty seventeen because that was that was an honorable mention Are you last. Sure? That was that was my second pick for last year. Are you sure? Did I'm I, positive. Maybe I had it in the maybe I, was that leftover because it was twenty seventeen yeah. and twenty nineteen. Uh, yep, twenty seventeen. Uh, Matt, okay, you well failed then, at not the, it. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better. I'm pretty sure there's a movie I mentioned in the wrong year that I don't remember which one it is, but I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned one at the wrong year and I, my, cause my roommate called me out on it and I'm like, uh, yeah. no. And I don't remember what it is now. So it doesn't matter. Oh. Anyway. Let, okay. Yeah, so I'll then I'll you. lend my honorable like... mentions at Star Trek Beyond. I thought that like, it wasn't like the best Star Trek movie at all time kind of thing, but I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining well, enough as it was. That's a interesting segue because that's my top pick. Of the year. Oh, for your word? Oh, yeah. your top pick for the year, Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek Beyond, yeah. Okay. Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get into it then, man. <laughs> Perfect segue. Nice, like, are you, I mean, if you, unless you want to keep talking no, about your No, that's story. it, man. That's it. Let's rock and roll. All right. Um, so, Star Trek Beyond for me, and actually, I took a note from you, 
and I rewatched all my top movies. Right. And so I actually ended up marathoning four different movies just to make sure that I was kind of right in my ranking and pretty mm-hmm. well I was. Yeah. Like, and so Star Trek Beyond came out as my favorite film that year, um, which surprised me, but honestly, I just love the Star Trek movies. Like I grew up watching Star Trek. I grew up watching all the old movies, the TV shows, that kind of stuff. And I've been progressively getting more and more into it as the years went on. And actually Star Trek Beyond is probably my favorite Star Trek movie of the new reboots. The new group, um, right? Because it feels the most like a Star Trek movie. Because, like, the first Star Trek was really good in setting up the world and setting up kind of the fact that it's a different universe than the main timeline. Then so I can still, ones, I, can, right? yeah. I can enjoy the old movies, I can enjoy the old shows, and not worry about, oh, but this totally disregards that continuity. Well, it can because it's in its own thing. So I can separate those two, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Into Darkness kind of fell flat for me because it wasn't great. It was, it tried to be Wrath of Khan and do something that really it didn't need to do. Whereas Beyond was its own story and it just, it felt like a Star Trek one. Felt like a Star Trek movie and honestly, yeah, it's probably um, the last good interpretation of Star War- or Star Trek. I almost said Star Wars, wow. It's <laughs> a problem with having two favorite franchises that start with Star. But um, <laughs> it honestly... Not counting the Orville because it doesn't actually—it's not actually a Star Trek series. Right. But honestly, Star Trek Beyond is probably the last really good Star Trek thing to come out in the last few years here. Because like, haven't been a huge fan of Discovery or Picard. Like, I like them well enough, but not—they're not as good as some of the older stuff. And like the Star mm-hmm. Trek Beyond, like Star Trek Beyond, just hit all the notes that I love about Star Trek. Um, so I kind of go through the notes that I made because again, I learned from you. You taught me about taking notes and the importance of that. <laughs> some people call me a teacher. Oh, wait, no. Some people call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. I don't know what you're quoting. Okay. It was It was like the... It was like... Okay, so that I don't even know if it was in the movie. Is Iron Man 3, but it was like the trailer for Iron Man 3. And I don't... Oh, okay. I can't remember if it was necessarily in the movie itself. But it gonna... made the Mandarin seem really cool. And then they're like... But he's not, so don't worry about it. And I was like, God damn this movie. I was gonna um, ask if that was a that was a Winston Churchill quote. Some people call me a terrorist. Oh yeah, Winston Churchill. I'm like, did he? Some call people himself call a- me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. <laughs> um, I was uh, uh, no, what what I was originally just gonna like say and touch upon there. I'm not a huge fan of Star Trek. Like overall, like it never really interested me. Like Star Wars was my jam. Star Trek was like, yeah, okay, this is an okay, whatever. I don't care. But when the new movies came out, I found myself considerably more interested. Not necessarily still interested enough to go to the old stuff a bunch, but like I liked the new movies that came out. I thought they were well, pretty it's... good for what they were. And again, not being a fan coming into it before and knowing like the past storylines, like they worked for me. But I agree with you. I think Beyond was the best one. Uh, especially it had like a great villain and like okay, I don't want to touch all your points there or if that's any of your points I don't know but uh, but yeah I thought I thought they were really good they at least brought me into the world to a certain degree the cool thing with the way the new ones were handled is J.J. Abrams specifically is quoted as saying he shot Star Trek like a Star Wars movie mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure that's a that, quote. Well, that's probably that. why it, like that's probably why it resonated with a lot more people than well, normal it, it works and it it works for the type of movie that it is. But, like, that's that's the thing is, like, they were very much... They were modernized a bit. And to me, Star Trek and Star Wars are so different of series anyway. Like, it's... Incredible. Like, the way that I break... 
the way yeah. that I break it down is um, Star Wars is a space fantasy. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is a science fiction. Yeah. They're two different properties. So like the competition that people put between them, I never understood. I've always grown up being a fan of both because I get different things from both. Well, they're I both different... so different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're a hundred percent both different. Like one is literally about knights and wizards and, but it's in space, right? The other one's more or less like battleship in space. Well, and like, it's like exploring the, stuff, right? The cool thing about it. So fun fact, Starfleet is not a military organization. They're, oh. they're not actually a military thing. They're about exploration. Which right. some points like that get missed a bit just because of their structure and also like the fact they all have weapons and stuff, but they got to protect themselves. Yeah, um, that's fair. That seems legit. The cool thing about both of them, though, especially in the original conception, and this is where I do have problems with some interpretations of both Star Wars and Star Trek, is the creators both set out to make series that were hopeful. Mm-hmm. They had to end in a positive way. They have to end in some kind of with some kind of hope to them. Because even, like, uh, looking at, sorry to go back to Star Wars, but looking back at Episode 3, which is arguably the darkest of the Star Wars movies, it still ends on a note of hope. Yeah. Like, because you have things set up and like, oh, well, there's Luke and Leia, and you know what, they're going to save the day, so there's still some hope there. It's and not then over. With Star yeah. Trek, with Star Trek and all the the things they have, it's they have to end with a bit of a hope and a sense of adventure, and it's just like, it's something that i think is really important especially with those stories but in stories in general like you should have some hope there are there are room for stories that are a lot bleaker but i think you you should still reserve some room for hope so but getting into my points because you know aside from just rambling about how great (laughs) things are and smiling yeah um so the music the music is awesome um the new theme for it is fantastic and so good that actually just putting we put on the menu just to watch the movie and i heard Mm -hmm. that the um, the new theme like that, and I even humming that, I'm getting goosebumps. My heart starts pumping. <laughs> just, just I just loving it. Hey, just, it's just such just a good theme. It. It's so good, and it just makes me feel like su- it's such an adventure theme. And it's like, hey, yeah, let's go out and do things. Yeah, like and it's so good, and the music throughout just fits. It's just it's the music is tight, and I love the soundtracks, and I'll actually listen to those just in my free time. Um, the comedy that happens doesn't ever stop the story because it's it, there's a lot of jokes in these movies as well. Yeah. But whereas a lot of modern movies, when they tell jokes in movies that aren't necessarily comedies, they'll stop the story to like address the joke or they'll just like stop it and be like, hey, here's a joke moment. Whereas a lot of the comedy that's in these movies actually and specifically and beyond, it just flows with the story. Mm-hmm. Like the situations themselves are funny. What they're saying is funny but it fits naturally and it doesn't feel like they're forcing in. Well, we need to have a comedy beat here. It just feels natural to the characters. Yeah. Also... Like it, it, it does. It doesn't feel out of place or like forced in, in a spot where it wouldn't feel natural. Like it's part of, it's very much like the, again, going back to the star Wars, like the Han Solo stuff too, where he's like, uh, I'm fine here. How are you? Like a, that's part of his character, right? Whereas yep. some things in the new movies, it feels like so forced, especially at the beginning of The Last Jedi. That's one of the things I don't like about Last Jedi was like when Poe Dameron's like, is Hux there? And he's like, oh, you know, like, and Hux is like, is he talking to me? Can he hear me? It's like, are like, you that actually that, stupid? That like, it felt feels like it forced belonged, in. That felt like it belonged in like a in Guardians Marvel. of the Galaxy movie, right? Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like it yeah. belonged in Star Wars. They brought Marvel comedy into Star Wars and it doesn't um, exactly land very well. And but like, anyway, back to your point. Yeah, it, it, it works in Star Trek, though. 
like the comedy and the jokes they use are designed around the characters and they are natural to who they are well and that even brings me into my next point where the characters themselves with their interactions with each other how they talk to each other all felt mm-hmm. supernatural and i can't really like the chemistry is amazing but i honestly would expect them to have that chemistry since there's three they're three movies in yeah they should have that chemistry and i'd be disappointed if they didn't but it just makes that movie so much more perfect because you're not sitting here going like oh well do they actually have those kind of relationships do they have this like how do these characters connect no they've been serving on a ship for i think this is halfway through a five-year mission and you can feel that you can feel that bond that they have as a crew not just even as like a not just as a uh not just as a fictional crew but as a as a cast there's actually i think there's a bunch of like i want to say there's a bunch of like lip sync videos that the cast did like on youtube that you can find of them just like goofing around and doing like a bunch of lip syncs to different songs oh really and it's it's hilarious (laughs) and it's just it's like again you that energy carries over Um, well you can tell when a cast is having fun right like you can tell when the actors are having a great time doing what they're doing and they love what they're doing and like yeah Um, And it shows. It really does. I also find with this movie, too, is it had a really, really, really strong balance of cheesy sci-fi moments, like cheesy old school sci-fi. And that new, you know, new sci-fis have that like gravitas feel of like, oh, this is epic and scary. Mm -hmm. And it had such a good balance of those moments where it just fit really well together. And it just felt like just peak sci-fi for me. It just felt like, hey, I get a little bit of everything that I like with that. Um, the makeup effects and the design for all the creatures and the different aliens were amazing. And I, I'm a hundred percent sure they got nominated for an Oscar actually. And that'll actually tie into some of my least favorite movies because they got nominated and they didn't win, but they got nominated (laughs) and, but they got nominated. The designs are amazing. Like the transformation of crawl as he's like becoming more human human and like like i love that just little design and details of that transformation uh the girl with like the the spider thing on the back of her head that was hiding that thing all Mm -hmm. of his soldiers like it just it was the makeup and the design was on point and i love good special effects like that um idris elba act acted the crap out of that role like he got it so good good. um he, he he does such a good villain like oh, he's yeah. a good heroic character, but he excels at being a villain. Like he he acted the crap out of that. To go back to the office, him in the office, he's amazing. Yep. yep. Like I he's... I honestly love Idris Elba and everything he does. I hate him in the office because I because he does such a good job. It's not like I oh, hate yeah. his character. Let me say I don't hate him, but his character drives me insane. I'm like God damn it, he's so but cool. Still, though. His character is and still Deborah. so funny because he's not funny. But his yeah, character exactly. still makes me laugh because it's yeah. just like people are, tr- especially Jim trying to impress him. Yeah. It's amazing. And he's just like, no. <laughs> um, Why are you wearing the suit? <laughs> like, and he's intimidating, right? Like, and he's supposed to be the antagonist of, you know, that story arc that's that's currently going on in that, uh, that season at that point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like he plays the crap out of villains. Like he's so he... good as an antagonist and this is probably his best performance i'd say this one's probably his best you believe him as an antagonist and you believe that he believes in his mission right Mm -hmm. like you 100 percent. he's like no i'm writing this um yeah my next note just says why because it's or let me put it more bluntly and that's (laughs) 
I love the fact that they used music to fight the villains. I love that. If like we were watching it again, we're like, if we describe this scene to anybody else, if we said, oh yeah, and they they beat the vill- villains with the Beastie Boys. You'd be like, "What are you talking about? What What do you mean?" But it works. You're like, this is ridiculous. But it, in the moment, it works. It amazing. works amazing. Yeah. It works. It's. I was laughing through the whole moment. I was tearing up a bit just because I don't know if I was laughing too hard or because it's just like such a powerful, good moment. Mm-hmm. But and it ties back to the first one because it's the same song that he was listening to when he stole his uh, stepdad's car. Like, it's just it. Overall, that was just such a good moment that I wasn't expecting. Like, I had no idea that that was even going to be when I first watched the movie. And they're talking about the they're talking about the music. They set it up and I didn't even put two and two together when I was watching it the first time that that was going to come back. And then the second, like this most recent watch through, actually, I watched it and was like hearing them talk about it. And like they brought up the music and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's set up. for Holy crap. Holy crap. Holy crap. And then the moment hit and it was just like. It just Money. made my heart. It made my heart sing. Money. Oh yeah, and then uh, the end credits ramping up to that. Like there's that final moment after they've like resolved everything, and you're seeing the Enterprise get rebuilt, and then it ramps up, and then it has all their different voices chime in for their last the you know space the final frontier monologue, and like right. I just got goosebumps as it built up and built up and built that up. One, that and was then a good it just moment. Yeah, kicks in with the music, and I was just like. Yeah, this is it. This is my favorite movie of 2016. Holy crap. It was really good. And also, I just got to mention Anton Yelkin and Leonard Nimoy. It was their final movies, and we lost both of them for that. Mm-hmm. Anton Yelkin way too soon because he's he was such a good actor. He was so he, amazing. A great talent. And great like, talent. Like, incredible potential still ahead of him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it that's... Like even watching the the credits when it comes up and it says for Anton, like I teared up. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's like it's it's a bummer is putting it super mildly because it's just there was so much more that could have come out and it just sad. It's, it's I just ended on such a downer. Sex one. <laughs> Let's end it on. We don't end it on bummer, but it, no, it it honestly sucks. Like we talk about losing actors and actresses and all these different uh, creators of these various contents and stories that we love. And a lot of them do die when they're older and we're like, wow, life well lived. Look at this whole lifetime of amazing creations and entertainment and the stories. And then you have people like Anton and it's like, it's sad because he left so soon. And what did he leave behind? Like he left behind some great stuff and he was a great talent. But what did the world miss out on now that we don't get to have him around for another 50, 60 years, right? No, like, exactly. What else could and he have that... brought to the table? And it probably would have been something great, or at least we hope it would have been. And it's just unfortunate when someone gets, someone's life ends at the, right at the beginning, right? And that's like, yeah, Before he was. Before you ever really get to get into it. He was 27, man. Like we're, yeah. we're older than he was. And that's, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not a happy thing, but it's at the same time, it's seeing moments and not, like, I, <laughs> and I just want to point out, not just actors either, but like even people, right? Like if no, you have general, someone die like too young, it is, it is, it's a tragedy. It really is. But seeing things like, seeing things like that, where, you know, the film is dedicated to him and it just kind of shows that there is a care from the cast and crew about him. Like it's, yeah. like it's just, it's, it's a, it's a very bittersweet. It's very, 
it's like oh that's nice but at the same time like it's not nice because of what it actually is but uh yeah mm-hmm. but overall yeah like like that's it's the more i think about it the more like that definitely is my favorite movie of 2016 awesome. and for good, good reason choice. hopefully good i choice. hopefully i lifted it up a bit in your rating by the stuff i was talking about um oh yeah like it was an honorable mention like it like it wasn't at the end like it was just at the end of honorable mentions because it was like the what i had seen when i was like oh yeah put that in there um and it's better than rogue one yes Aha! Uh, I win. Uh, well, I argue. never. Well, I never argued that Rogue One was better than Star Trek Beyond in the first place. I just oh, said I know. Rogue I won One the argu- mention. But I'm saying I argued Ro- the. Like, I won the argument before it happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> sure. If that'll make you happy, whatever you want, buddy. Um, no, Star Trek Beyond. That was, that's a great choice, man. It, it was an absolutely fantastic movie. Again, you you touched on so many of the great points: the acting, the music, the story. Ah, it was just the immersiveness into it and how, again, they laid the cookie crumbs for moments that came later in the movie. Uh, it was just, it, it was a great way. And I think it was, Star, was it a Star Trek? It was a Star Trek anniversary that it came out of. Uh, I'm pretty I can't sure remember it did, if it yeah. was 50 or 60 years, something like that. It was some big milestone. And they worked really hard to get this movie out because I know there was a lot of production issues uh or pre-production issues like coming up with the script and the story and i know like ultimately I simon think this simon movie... Pegg wrote the script he did like simon he Pegg had wrote to, it yeah because well, so they man. had they lost writers and there was a lot of things moving around before this movie even came to being and i One didn't watch point, it JJ, right away because JJ had i moved thought on. yeah he he moved on JJ to, had moved what, on to star, wars. star wars yeah 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 um and i didn't watch this movie right away because i thought it was gonna be like half-assed because it was ultimately like if you look at the timetable it was put together pretty quick for a movie of this caliber but goddamn, if it's not the best one of the three like you said already oh, yeah. right? like one, it, again one. a surprise movie i thought it was great i i loved it um so my second pick though because i i have four top ones and then a few honorable mentions and i won't go through okay. everything um the nice guys was my second pick oh did you yeah, see the nice yeah, guys yeah. yeah i did i did yeah that's that's I when I theaters it was a pretty good. One. I wasn't expecting to like it that much. My roommate took me to it because he's a fan of Shane Black, and honestly, no, it was a really solid '70s flick. The uh, score was perfect for a '70s movie with a great funky soundtrack. Um, the aesthetic and design was on point. Definitely, it, everything felt like it was from the '70s, which it should. If it's a period piece, it should feel like that. Nothing mm-hmm. should feel out of place. Um, voiceovers don't normally work for me. But they worked really well on this one, especially there were two different voice actors, like there are two different voiceovers that kind of crossed over eventually, which I thought was really good. Ryan Gosling was hilarious in it. He was super funny. The film was super colorful. The banter between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe was always on point, and the action was always super entertaining and just really fun action fight scenes. Like it was just, it was just really solid overall. I enjoyed it quite a bit. That was a good movie, um, yeah. Uh, Everybody Wants Some was uh, Richard Linklater, kind of a spirit. It's like a spiritual successor to Dazed and Confused. Okay, I didn't so, see that movie. And, I, I can't see that movie. It's 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 really good. It's very much it's about uh, your first three days in college before uh, starting classes. So okay, it's just a bunch <laughs> of parties and stuff like that, and it's just it's nice. really fun, really fun movie. There's not a lot of drama in it. It's just very kind of heartwarming. One of those films about nothing, but still 
you, you know, you relate to it and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was solid and fun to go back to. And then Conjuring 2 was my final top film, which is just a good, solid horror film. I didn't find it as scary as the first one was, but it still has a great story to it. Good message in it. I Those Conjuring it. It movies just, are pretty good. Yeah. I ended up sleeping with my light on afterwards. <laughs> not necessarily like the spinoffs to them. I haven't found those like as entertaining, but Conjuring 1 and but Conjuring 2 were pretty solid horror movies. Especially at the time, oh, yeah. they hadn't really been getting anything good. They were kind of like the renaissance. They were the start of the renaissance of horror movies that we all get to have today. The problem with that though now is every horror movie feels like it's trying to copy the magic that Conjuring had. <laughs> and that's, Some that's of them, kind yeah. of a shame, I feel. So, um, otherwise, Conjuring was on there. Uh, Popstar was on my list. Uh, the Magnificent Seven remake is an honorable oh, mention. And a lot yeah, of... yeah, yeah. So... I forgot about that movie. And the reason I like it, I like it a lot, because um, I love the original Magnificent Seven and even Seven Samurai before that. And the reason I will stand by this one is being, to me, another good interpretation of that story is because they didn't just make a one-to-one remake of Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. They told a new story, um, similar characters, but also different characters. There's not really much that you can kind of compare the two. Like, you could watch them side by side, and you'll get two very, very different movies. And yeah. yes, it's still they're both westerns, but that's what a good remake to me is, where you take the concepts and you reimagine it in a way that's different. And same, they, they did same, that. Yeah, same base thematics kind of thing, but like ultimately the outside is completely different, right? 100%. Change it all up, revision it, but you still have, you know, the the gunslingers helping out a small town against bandits. Like that's kind of the general outline of that. Uh, it's almost even an own genre in itself. <laughs> exactly. If I was to see them remaking again, I wouldn't want them to remake it as a western. I'd like them to pick it to a different genre. Well, even right? Mandalorian, think... uh, Mandalorian episode four did something very similar, right? Like it was yep, very, very much very... that storyline. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, on my list is uh bit of a chick flick me before you that was one i wasn't expecting to like i was taken to it and i honestly it surprisingly really really good it's i cried i cried like a baby i'm (laughs) proud to admit that but it was like it was a solid as a film yes there's the traditional like nicholas sparks moments and all that kind of stuff but as a film i don't even know if it was one of his stories it just looks like it like the cover looks like Right. But um, at the end of the day, it's just such a, it was a very unique story with that. And then finally, honorable mentions is Trolls. Because Ah, Trolls, I I was, I was expecting to hate it. And I laughed the entire movie. The music was catchy and stuff like that, but the movie itself was hilarious. And that's going back to the point earlier about I'm not the best judge of comedy. Halfway through the movie, that's when I realized, halfway through Trolls is when I realized, maybe I shouldn't recommend comedies to people because I <laughs> laugh at anything. <laughs> You're like, this is great. <laughs> it, was, it was, though. It was funny. It was, like, absolutely hilarious. I thought and it was a charming movie. I don't. I clearly didn't think it was as funny as you thought it was, but yeah, it was charming. I'm not claiming, it was charming. I'm not claiming to be a connoisseur of comedy. I like comedy, and I like writing comedy, and I like making comedy, but I think uh, that's one that... It's a good family film, and honestly, if you even if you just like cheesy, fun kids films, it's good. Mm-hmm. So those are my top picks. So uh, yeah, so to segue away from that, Matt, uh, what are your worst movies this year? What was the segue? <laughs> to segue, if we just say segue, like if you say is segue, that a segue, it counts. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So, yeah, so to bring uh, up a completely uh, random topic that has nothing to do with the law of segue. 
Interesting. Speaking of movies that you liked, what about the movies you disliked? Oh, perfect. There we go. And segue. (laughs) It's not about how smooth the segue is. It's how smooth you make the segue. Ah. If you say something confident enough, it'll just work. It just happens, eh? Oh, man. Speaking of coffee mugs, what were your least favorite movies this this year? (laughs) (laughs) Throw me a topic, Matt. I'll make it a segue. Yeah. Zombies. Speaking of zombies, was there any zombie fix that, uh, flicks that you didn't like this year or didn't unmake your least favorite uh, list? You bet your ass there was. Okay, I don't... So is this my... serious or... No, I'm serious, man. Let's oh, wow. zombies at you. Because literally, there's a zombie movie that was honestly the worst. This is the worst movie of 2016. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh my god. I never saw it. This movie is so bad. Okay. Let me like sum it up for you if transformers was the most confusing dumb movie ever this has got to be the most boring and also dumb movie ever like it was so boring my so god I honestly watch it? I, honestly no don't watch it man i forgot it existed like until you saw the list forgot it existed till i see the list that's the worst part about doing these you like go through the list and then you get reminded of a movie that was so bad that your mind literally to protect itself blocked those memories and locked them away in a box. And as you go through the list, it opens up those boxes and your mind's like, God, no. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? This movie was terrible. This is your idea. This is your and, idea. Uh, that's true. It is. It's my own damn fault. Uh, I got yep. I got invited by some family friends to go see this movie in the theater when it came out, and one of them fell asleep in the theater. Like one of them literally fell asleep in the theater when this movie was on. That's how boring That's it was. And honestly, I wish I could have. I was so jealous of him. I was like, "Why does this motherfucker get to sleep?" And I'm sitting here watching this crap, and I paid for it. It was terrible. I'm sure the normal Pride and Prejudice is far more interesting and honestly i'm not a fan of those movies or that book either like i don't know the characters i could never really pay attention to it like i get it maybe it's a higher art form or something like that i don't know i do not like pride and prejudice as it is because the movie's also based on uh, the book pride prejudice and zombies well it's pride well no it's pride and prejudice no like no they're no, there's a book. There's a book that came out that the movie's based on called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, Pride there's, and Prejudice. So there's Pride and Prejudice, and then, and then there's, there's Pride and Prejudice and Pride Zombies. And Prejudice and okay, zombies well, see, and they I actually... didn't even, I didn't even know there was a book with the zombies in it. It's... Well, there goes my question. I was going to ask if you knew about if you had read the book at all, and I haven't either. I, I did not. I, I don't know. I just thought they were just ripping on Pride and Prejudice, and I thought it was going to be more of like a spoof movie. And I was like, hell yeah, I hate Pride and Prejudice. Let's go rip on this shit. And then it was just Pride and, and Prejudice with zombies. With zombies. <laughs> like, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, it's so... That's amazing. <laughs> like, and, and they do nothing interesting with the zombies at all. I think, if They're I remember correctly... Yeah, they're just like they're just they just live in a world where there's zombies, but the same things happen. There was one time zombies got into a kitchen or something, and I was like, "Oh, shit's about to go down!" And then like nothing happened, and I was like, "God damn it! <laughs> like why why are we here?" So it's just it's not a good movie. Some weird old timey whatever love triangle plus zombies that should be more interesting than it was, and it just it wasn't. And I was so glad when it was over. 
I actually think Can you again think there's of something... any positive. No, I actually think there's something interesting at the end too. Like, I'm trying to remember this movie, but I think they're in like some palace and like all these zombies were coming up the lawn. Like it was one of those like kind of like French or English like you know big palaces, and they had like the huge gardens going back with like the trees and the bushes and such like that. Yeah. And uh, I think there was, like, one where it was, like, this horde of zombies was coming through. And I was like, oh, finally, something interesting. And this is at the very end of the movie. So end, so close to the end of the movie, I think the credits started to roll before anything happened. And I was like, god damn it! <laughs> so... <laughs> Why? <laughs> like... <laughs> but at that point, honestly, I didn't even care. I was like, I'm just glad it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care that we missed anything there. I'm just glad it's over. It was just a bad movie. And I honestly don't remember a ton of it. I remember being incredibly boring. I remember not giving any care. And I remember, like, nothing of interest happening with the zombies. I was like, why did you guys bring yeah. me to this movie? And why did I say I would go? I just thought it was going to be funnier. Like, I thought I thought it was a spoof movie on Pride and Prejudice. And that they were going to, like, have zombies eat people. And I was like, this is going to be great. But it was literally Ethan. It was literally pride and prejudice but with zombies and i was like <sighs> it was bad so that was my <laughs> worst movie of 2016 incredibly disappointing dishonorable mentions independence day resurgence not good sausage party that, that was not one... good sorry go ahead when i saw independence day i thought it was really good because yeah. i i love the first independence day oh and yeah me too I it's a it classic good. And, like, I kept going back to it, and I'm just like, no, it's not bad. No, guys, it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. There's so much they could have done with it that they didn't. And it was just like, it's still, it's a decent turn your brain off and just watch things happen. But they just, they missed a lot of marks. And they set up things that they shouldn't have set up without guaranteeing they were going to get a sequel and... It was just, well, it, was it, it just, it just, it wasn't even on the same level of quality as the first one. You know what I mean? And no, like, I don't expect it's... sequels or remakes to be like as good as the original, but like when you're not even on the same level, man, when it's such a dramatic drop off, it's, it, yeah, it was not good. Independence Day Resurgence, there was a lot... not a fan. There was so much potential that just wasn't realized in that kind of exactly. with it, especially yeah. on re- repeat viewings. Um, yeah. Sausage Party I haven't seen and I don't plan on seeing it because yeah no it, it was one of those movies yeah. Sausage Party um, it was like the trailers looked hilarious but the movie took always like took things way too far every time you had a funny joke in the trailer you're like oh here it comes it just everything took it too far you know and it just it, like it just wasn't funny it was a very crude humor and if you're a fan yeah. of a very crude like this is a very crude humor and honestly, I do like Seth Rogen's humor for the most part, but like this one was like a bit too far for me. Which, and I was like, ah, I just don't find it funny anymore. It was a bit too much. Uh, maybe Assassin's my Creed. parents got upset when they accidentally took their kids to it, but like at the same time, <laughs> that's why you check the ratings, you idiots. <laughs> that's why you check the ratings. Uh, Assassin's Creed was not good. Still uh, watch that was that bad. One. And I'm a fan of Assassin's Creed. It's honestly one of my favorite game series. I love it, yeah. but the movie, terrible. It was it was not a good movie, and it's a shame because Assassin's Creed has so much like narrative to draw potential. from, and yeah. yes, the potential in 
the science fiction and the history and like that combination and these different characters coming together they have the potential to create a great great narrative movie and they just kind of dropped the but ball. they just didn't they, the potential was lost like there's a couple cool scenes um but ultimately it came down to the problem again was when they're when these people are making video game movies they're very much making them like oh the video game will sell tickets the name will sell tickets but they don't start at like the core of making a good movie, a good narrative. You know what I mean? It's like old comic book movies, like before they started like getting good again, right? Like people yep. were like, "Oh, this is junk." Pe- like people hated comic book movies, and the problem was they didn't build it around a solid good narrative. Then you had X Men come out in the early two thousands, and people were like, "God damn, we can make we can, we can make comic book movies like that." And that was honestly the renaissance. Like without X Men. We wouldn't have had the MCU and everything else we've gone right now. Eventually, they reached a peak, though, and then suddenly it just kind of, like, reached that well, yeah, level but, of... But it still carried on, right? Like, oh, they yeah. continued to evolve. And it continued to open eyes of producers and creators and directors uh, and writers to what these movies had the potential to be. And now we have the MCU and the Infinity Saga. And, like, goddamn, that is the peak of what these movies could be. Like, I don't know how they get further, because they're well made and they were made around characters and narrative and that's where they started right video games they're still getting the same treatment as old school comic book movies where it was like the name will just sell it and we can just have spectacle and that will be good enough they have need to build it around characters and stories now there's there's some coming out i know i think god of war is going to be coming out there's an Uncharted, I don't know if it's a movie or a series, uh, but movie, there's a yeah. couple, yeah, there's a couple PlayStation titles, The Last of Us, um, that they're working on right now. And again, very good narrative games. So just create a good narrative around it and show the world what these possibly could be. But unfortunately, Assassin's Creed was not one of them. Yeah. And then my final dishonorable mention that I said to throw in here was Suicide Squad. I actually didn't mind it the first time I watched it in theaters um i was like okay sure but that like but it doesn't hold up on rewatching. second viewing incredibly boring i was like okay this is just a bad movie <laughs> like it was just not well made and unfortunate because it had a great cast and the actors actually did a fairly good job but the story there's just nothing there the movie did nothing it was just yeah not a fan so that conveniently conveniently leads me into uh so i had three top picks for the worst movie and suicide squad is one of them it's probably it's the one I can talk to the most about. Maybe I should be the master of segues. <laughs> it was, man. I don't. We're, maybe we're just getting on the same wavelength here or something like that. But like, Suicide Squad was just bad. But I'll talk okay. about the first. The first two I'm going to list off are Gods of Egypt, and London Has Fallen. And the reason why I say they're the worst movies of 2016 is guess what? I chicken butt. I thank you. That's that's the answer. <laughs> that's 100 percent it. Because chicken butt. Nice. That's. But, I knew it. Both of those movies, I didn't finish. I turned them off, I walked away, and, like, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Gods of Egypt was just not good. There was potential there, but, like, it just wasn't executed well. It was just trying to be, look at how big spectacle CG stuff that we have. And yeah. I can't even tell you what the story is. I don't remember the story. Uh, it just, I remember there was something to do with they had to get a thing to help stop the bad guy. and and it just was not it was not well made it was not well handled and we turned it off i think about three quarters of the way through and just never revisited it and it wasn't even Mm -hmm. we turned it off because it was we didn't turn it off because we're like ah we hate this movie it was just like oh we have to go do a thing we'll come back to this and we never did yeah then london has fallen (laughs) 
we turned off, I think a similar thing happened, but the whole reason we turned it off too was also the scene. It's very close to the beginning. Every single world leader dies except for the American one. And we're Classic. like, that's far. They went out of the way to kill off the Canadian prime minister. Oh, they showed what? that the one time they include Canada is when they kill off our prime minister. And it's like, they like, it just, it just was so unbelievable that like, the u.s is the only country that would actually be able to protect their world leader so well and it just it it just it fell flat and like olympus has fallen was great i loved that one because it was basically die hard in the white house yeah it was fun it was really good and then this was just like not that good. it didn't even hold a candle to it mm-hmm. so then suicide squad i watched it once i watched it in theaters and i hated it I hated <laughs> you hated it. it on first viewing. The editing was terrible. The story made it. no sense. The character setups were sloppy. Um, you know, introducing a character and then blowing him up right away was dumb. Instantly? Yeah. Um, Slipknot or whatever his name yeah. was. And then the way they yeah. describe characters, too, the way they set them up was just bad. The costumes weren't great either. So on top of it, too, this kind of ties back to Star Trek. I couldn't even make notes about it because I refused to watch this movie again. I refused to watch it to make notes on it. Um, so, Star Trek was nominated for an Oscar in special effects and makeup. And they lost. To Suicide Squad. <laughs> Suicide Squad is an Oscar really? winning... They are an Oscar winning movie. And that makes me really angry. Really angry because of Killer Croc. That's the one thing they oh, won for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his makeup wasn't yeah. even it wasn't even that amazing or unique. It was just Well, Killer to what Croc. it could have been from Killer Croc, right? I've seen I've seen better designs, I've seen better executions and yeah. it just it hurt. It hurt me so much when that happened. It just it I was not okay with that. Um the script was apparently written in 6 weeks before they shot it. That makes that makes sense, and it does. It doesn't make <laughs> that makes sense. That tracks. The story doesn't make sense. What they did with Harley and the Joker was really bad. I dislike that interpretation of the Joker. I'm not saying Jared Leto's performance necessarily, but the style, the costume. What purpose is it for the Joker to look like that and to act like that? Same thing with Harley. What's the purpose of those characters being in that kind of style? It doesn't <laughs> fit with their style. It doesn't fit with Batman and the aesthetic that Gotham has like modernizing it. It didn't make any sense. Um, uh, also just the plot also made the the plot made no sense. The idea of like, okay, it's typical suicide squad stuff. We're putting together this team to pull off missions that we won't put people in, you know, who we actually value. We'll use criminals for these dangerous missions. And then for some reason, Amanda Waller, who in comic book continuity and in all media, one of the smartest people out there, smartest strategist out there needs to be rescued by the suicide squad because she put herself in a position of danger made no sense whatsoever and then they still took her into the heart of that danger anyway after they rescued her like what well they just let her get what what happened like i can't remember exactly did they let her just like get on a helicopter and then it got taken down kind of thing or I don't even well, remember. No, she was in a base because it was the secret target that you didn't know who they were going to go save, and it turned out to be her. Right, but I mean, like, after they rescued her. Like, they got her out, right? And then I think she got on a helicopter or something, and then that helicopter got taken down by the witch people. 
but why? What? What's the point? But like, why put her just on a random helicopter and then fly right towards the middle and then, of shit town? Like, the amount yeah, of time I don't get it. The amount of time they had to remind you that they were the bad guys. So here's the thing, and I have I have several different side rants on this, but like specifically with this, you have a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy that came out two years earlier, and it sets up a, car- a group of criminals because all the Guardians are technically criminals. Yeah. Who become heroes and become good guys. And they don't sit there and remind you every five seconds that they're the bad guys. You see it through their behavior, how they treat people, what they do for money, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But eventually they become likable and become characters that you can actually relate to. And they have a change of heart and they grow. This movie, instead of showing you with their actions, they just told you a bunch of the times, hey guys, remember we're the bad guys. But we also don't kill women and children. We need to specify that. We don't kill women and children. We only kill men. (laughs) Um... Because that was a... Why was that a scene? Why was that a scene in the movie? Yeah. Like, oh, man, you know, I'm I'm a really bad person, but I have my limits. No, you're... Okay, I guess. Um, and then El Dorado, I accidentally killed my family, therefore I am a criminal. No, you accidentally killed your family. That doesn't make you a criminal. Yeah. Like, Captain Boomerang was hilarious, but I don't feel they did enough with his character. Like, they had that random unicorn thing. Oh, then, yeah, where he had his unicorn like, walk, or he had and, his little stuffed unicorn or whatever. So that makes yeah. sense if when he gets, I can't remember if he got a knife thrown at him or something like that, and it's blocked by a wad of money. I Why wasn't remember. it the unicorn that you were setting up for, like, the last, I don't know, half the movie? Why didn't the unicorn stop this thing? Why was it a wad of money? That didn't make sense. Why Why was it even a part of the character? That's not been a part of the character in the comics or anything like that. This is uniquely to this movie that he has, like, a weird fetish for unicorns. It's... <laughs> I don't get why. Yeah, and then they didn't do so anything now, with it. Yeah. So all that aside, I have a pitch that possibly would have made that movie slightly better. What if, instead of rescuing Amanda Waller, they had to rescue Bruce Wayne? Hmm. so you have and it and it's it's bruce wayne we know he's batman the audience knows he's batman the characters don't and he can't he can't be batman in this situation he has to pretend to be a scared billionaire and just like imagine an entire movie where it's like you have could have harley hitting on him awkwardly right you could have like all these people being like well i wonder how much money we could get for him and like just com they can make comments about him and batman and not know that they're the same person. Mm-hmm. And like, even then for like Deadshot, you have this arc where it's like, he's becoming a good guy. So say like at the very end, it once again plays out the exact same, they throw the bomb and you know, they throw the bomb and then Deadshot goes to shoot it. But then because of that illusion of his daughter, he misses it. But out of nowhere comes a batarang and only he sees it. And he sees the Batarang as the thing that hits it, activates it, and blows it up. And he, because he's Deadshot, follows the trajectory back and figures out, holy crap, Bruce Wayne is Batman. And in that, he has a moment now where he can decide, am I a bad guy? Am I going to basically say, hey, this is the guy who's basically put us all in jail. Let's kill him. Mm -hmm. Or he has a moment of like, okay, this is the guy who's put us all in jail but I have a chance to turn around my life and say nothing about it. And you could have had a really powerful character moment there where he chooses to say nothing. Hmm. Bruce knows that he knows because he's gone up against Deadshot before. Deadshot 
you know, they, they have a moment where they see, look at each other and they know that each other knows what's up and they have a moment where it's like, can I say something? Will I say something? And then he chooses not to. And I think that would have been a stronger character moment to show some change rather than I saved the world. Now I'm a good guy and I'm going to go back to prison without fighting because, you know, I'm a good guy. Not because the bomb planted in my brain at all. And there's just, there's, there's things that could have made it better. Well, I think ultimately at the end of the day, like, uh, I think you just need different villains too. Like they were not good. Like it was not good. Um, but with good, with the good writing, wasn't good. Like oh, the, I no, guess like with that, yeah. good writing, sure. But like th- what the whole the whole thing they set up this like weird Ghibli <laughs> thing also, dance they were doing. Yeah, whatever. The motivation, the was, motivation of that good. team, the motivation of that team makes no sense because that team has never been put together in the comics or in any other interpretation to take on threats that Superman couldn't take on. Mm-hmm. No, they're a covert ops team. Yeah. They go in and they get stuff that, you know, if they get caught, then well, either we can blow them up or they're criminals. So, like, hey, that's fine. They're not meant to take on threats that Superman was. That's kind of where that missed the mark. Where, if, like, maybe if you would have had the Justice League dealing with the bigger threat in the background <clears throat> and not have them be main characters, and then in the foreground you have them going to extract Amanda Waller or do some other mission at the same time that would make sense as a story well i think it i think you just didn't need the big world ending threat i think the scale needed to be brought way down oh like you said like the black ops kind of thing and have the targets be or have like the threat be a very human threat but an incredibly dangerous or hostile situation right but to have them like those stupid monster things and the and like we're saving the world now it's like that was just like no man like you need you need to understand that not every comic book movie needs to, to have ending. an end of the world situation right like it's, it's bring my main the scale problem. down it's my main problem with the spider-man films lately is the scale feels too big right like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it fits it doesn't feel like it fits within the narrative of what that character's core is and it's the same thing with suicide squad it felt too big for what those characters are and if you want to ramp up to that that's great but in their first movie no it, it just you didn't flat. need to yeah the soundtrack wasn't good um we got the terrible track of purple lamborghini um which is not a good song have you listened to that song i have not <laughs> please don't i'm probably I mean, good <laughs> Well, like it just it just overall it was not a well thought out movie and they they changed the tone of that movie so often because like when they first marketed it it was going to be like this is dark and gritty and rated r and then they're like oh people don't like that dark and gritty okay it's super cartoony and comic booky now it's over the top and it just it didn't make sense it just wasn't it was not good it made me angry and i don't go back and rewatch it and it was it was a low point for the dc for um, sure it, it honestly ruined, well, between, so that same year, and this also makes my dishonorable mentions, that and Batman v Superman coming out in the same year really had me guarded for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, it put up a lot of, a lot of defenses for Wonder Woman, but I ended up enjoying that one. And then Justice League, again, I expected that Justice League was going to be as bad as Batman v Superman and as Suicide Squad, and that's why I didn't hate it as much. Right, that's why no, I was like, I thought oh, no, Justice League know. was just as bad. I was like, this is just as bad. That movie I, is terrible. I can't express how much how much um, expectations I did not have. Um, other dishonorable mentions uh, would be uh, 
X-Men Apocalypse, that movie, my roommate describes it as he has never seen someone have that much of a roller coaster response to a movie before because there are moments where I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then like, what? This is stupid. And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that like, was, it was, it was just kinda, like, it was up really and down up and down, down that way. Yeah. Um, Rogue One is all my dishonorable mentions and we'll get into that a different day. Uh, Batman the Killing Joke is an animated DC movie that was mm-hmm. just not, it was, it was executed very badly. And there was the weird romance between Barbara and Bruce that was just really awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Need to be in there. Um, <laughs> And then my I other think I desirable... saw a clip of that or something or whatever. Or some uh, as a Batman YouTube. fan, I'd say you should check it out, but like, don't expect a lot. Like between that and then there was that Batman and Harley movie that came out, which was also just not well executed and just awkward. Um, otherwise, uh, the last honorable dishonorable mention is Sing, and that's because I expected to like it, and I didn't. It was just it didn't. No, have I a didn't good mind ending. Sing. I didn't mind saying it's not like my best movie of the year, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty. I good. I expected it and Trolls to have a reverse. Like I expected to dislike Trolls and like Sing, right? And then the reverse happened. So it's like, oh, well, that wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Okay, I guess. But honestly, like that's that's like a dishonorable mention just because I was disappointed by it. But overall, like it's still better than all of the other movies that I've mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it's so, on the high end. <laughs> it's on the high end. Yeah. So yeah, that's nice. my that's my lesser picks and it just was not it was a it was a year for movies and like there's just a lot yeah, of it was a may year i was just like yeah 2016 was no 2019 that's all i gotta say it did it did give us a pop star though which is classic but i'm just and like, star trek and star trek and yeah yeah star trek beyond but yeah the rest of it was just yeah i was so just meh on 2016 other than just a few standout movies but but sometimes that's all you need sometimes you just need yeah. some that and the, the cool thing about it once again with movies is you can go and back and revisit the ones you really love and you can forget about the ones you didn't like mm-hmm. until until we do conversations like this right but, <laughs> but overall lock like, them in a box until you have to open them up yeah yeah but overall though it's still like to me it was still a solid year and there are ones that i liked but there's just some i have no intention on ever going back to visit Fair and I'm, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. It's going to seem like a dumb question, Matt, but did you... You did your worst movies already, didn't you? Yeah, I did. All right. Yeah, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, remember? Yep, yep. Well, no, I already forgot. <laughs> I already forgot about <laughs> That's it. That's how bad the movie is. You yep. already forgot. <laughs> so, uh, so, Matt, then I guess uh, I guess it's time for uh, what's next for you. What are you doing this week? Uh, I'm gonna get on Vikings. <laughs> I didn't oh, do that didn't? last week. Got man, honestly, like you would think, like being in lockdown, you have so much time. But honestly, but really, you really like, don't, though. You like, don't. It's, yeah, it's I hard. Mean, the weeks go by quick, and so like one too, of my goals is just to honestly make more time for movies and to but take the thing is, and stuff like that. You don't want to sit around too much because then it just becomes, you know, you just get like that's where oh, I was you gotta first, do something. You go crazy, was, yeah. I was sitting around too much during the first month and it just kind of, I got really down. And then eventually yeah. like I started doing a work week and actually started working on stuff. Then we started this and it's been, it's been good. And my, my brain has been in a much better place because yeah. of that. So it's, you got to stay busy, man. This is my favorite time of the week right here. I tell you. <laughs> so Vikings is on your agenda. But for this Vikings week? and yeah, like I still want to see green book and ready player one. Um, I caught up on Modern Family. It's just this last week. It had a solid finale. It made me feel stuff. It was nice. It was nice. Um, but yeah, so Vikings, Green Book, Ready Player One. We'll see what happens this week. 
Um, yeah, cool. Uh, we have, we still have that marathon that we haven't continued with for a while because I decided to hijack it by watching, um, watching these four movies. <laughs> right. Um, and then we finished Community finally, which such a good show. Season five and six are amazing. Like they're they're so good. And um, we just started watching the Clone Wars series actually. So I'd never, hmm. I've never sat down and watched Clone Wars and figured, why the heck not? Give it a chance and yeah, see what's going on. Yeah, it's a good series, on. yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, there, I don't really know if there's any other ones that are popping out. I guess Darkest Hour because, you know, you might be. Uh, yeah, I'm going to beat you up if you don't watch that. We I'm should fine. pick a night and I'll watch Ready Player One. You watch Darkest Hour and we'll be like, done. <laughs> right, we can agree on this finally. And then uh, I actually started the audiobook for uh, Ready Player One as well. Kind of see what oh, nice. it compares to nice um but yeah though there's i guess a lot going on i keep feeling like there's other things that i'm forgetting about that i said i was gonna watch or that i need to watch and i just i don't know there's so much to watch and so little time to watch it but yet apparently so much time (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah it's a weird conundrum so yeah i guess that's it that's the end of this uh episode of a feast of films uh, if you have anything you want to contribute to the comments, like ideas for next week or ideas for future topics, um, please feel free to leave them below. I actually wouldn't mind seeing, too, if you have any characters that you related to or relate to. Um, I'd love to see that show up in the comments below if you have anything that you want to share on that level. Absolutely. Um, you know where to find us now, I'm assuming. Uh, links are all b- below for different places to listen to us or also to watch here. Uh, like and subscribe to us please and thank you and, we greatly uh, appreciate it and yeah i think that's another feast as you always say i i think i'm stuffed today was really really deep and a lot more introspective than i think either of us expected oh man like and i didn't honestly enough. i didn't like the f- whole first half of this episode i was not expecting that hey at but all <laughs> that's that's kind of the beauty of these things is not yeah. knowing what we're getting into and i think it was a nice break from some of our usual topics. So I think that was really good. So that being said, this was a feast of films. I'm Ethan R. Hill. Episode four. I guess. Yeah, it's episode four, but I'm Ethan R. Hill Ooh. and you are Matt black. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one and enjoy, uh, enjoy your weeks still see. in, uh, stay safe, everybody. <laughs> see, <laughs> okay, do we want to try that, that again? That, yeah. <laughs> So that was A Feast of Films, Episode 4. I'm Ethan R. Hill. And I'm Matt Black. And we'll see you guys next week. All right, see you guys later. Have a good week. Toodaloo. (laughs) Bye-bye. Toodaloo. (laughs) Toodaloo. Now, do we want to try again, or do you think (laughs) you No, that's good. I'm going to just put... I'm going to keep that in there. That's hilarious. That's hilarious.